0: Hey, everybody. This is Brace's Aunt Debbie. Um, I just want to come on here and let y'all know to make sure y'all is washing your hands. Okay. The news anchor guys say to wash the hands. So I just want to give you all a little trick. Uh, You know, they say you should sing about 20 seconds, you know, sing a song twice. So what I likes to do when I'm washing my hands, you know, my nephew Bryce got a song called Freak. So when I'm washing my hands, I sing the song Freak. Sing it with me, You a freak. Uh, I don't hear y'all washing y'all hands. You a freak. I'm a freak. Let's get freaked. All week, you a freak. I'm a freak. It don't have to be me. All right, then you say it again, and then you should be good. Make sure you get under your nail beds because a lot of y'all got dirty nails. I'll be seeing it. All right, y'all. This is Braces on Debbie, and you are now listening to the Purple Pants Podcast.
1: Well, hello
2: everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I am so happy to be back with you guys. I hope everyone is staying sane. I know, I know, I know, I know it's a lot going on, but don't worry. Your baby boy got you covered. It's been a not so busy week for me this weekend. Baby boy had to lay low. Okay. I had to quarantine and chill because I ain't trying to get no Corona. Okay? And although it's a laughing matter, you know, hear me, I likes to play a lot. But it is something that we need to take serious. And you know, baby boy had to lay it low. And I was quarantining and chilling. I'm not sure what y'all was doing. But I hope everyone was well. Because it's a lot going on. It's a it's a lot of spooky things. We in some uncharted territory. And we need to stay safe. I need my purple pants posse to be safe. But, nevertheless I got to come through you know jobs is canceling they canceling schools people got to work from home but one thing is for certain two things is for sure the purple pants podcast ain't stopping so I got y'all covered through y'all quarantine so this week we got a lot on the menu because I figured let me make it jam packed for y'all okay y'all got a lot of free time on y'all hands so you know your baby boy is going to get you through it so this week we got the church announcements and on the menu this week Week, we've got Survivor News. We've got Love After Lockup. We've got 90-day fiance before the 90 days. We've got social distancing. We've got the purple pants premonitions. We've got the purple pants picks. We got advice with Bryce. And I figure with everything going on, I just call Barb and we got a Barb's message this week. And we got the freak of the week. Okay. Now before we get started, you know I like to wet the whistle. So let me wet the whistle real quick. Mm. Mm. Y'all wanna know what I'm wetting the whistle with this week? I'm wetting the whistle with an emergency, okay? That's my cocktail of the week I'm trying to keep my immune system up healthy You know, I took my multivitamin today So baby boy ain't taking no chances So we got to be safe Now hold on, ooh, Mm. let me wet the whistle again Mm. All right, so let's jump right in to the church announcements this week so I just wanted to announce that, you know, Wendell and I, we've been doing these watch parties for winners, winners at war. You know, I'm so excited to root my friend on, but we are going to have to discontinue our watch parties until it is safe again. As much as I love to come out and cheer and scream and act the mess with y'all, we have to play it safe. So we are going to be postponing our watch parties until further notice. We think that the safety of others comes more important than our love for Survivor and to being together with all you guys. So our watch parties are going to be postponed until further notice. We want everyone to be safe. Um Second one of church announcements. I just had to tell y'all a little anecdote. Okay. So y'all going crazy with this toilet paper and napkins and y'all is going to the store buying them up. Whew, okay. Now, let me just say this. I understand, you know, we in some uncharted territories and y'all want to go and get 10, 20 rolls of toilet papers. But I think it's important for us to remember that we have elderly people out there. We've got some disabled people out there that cannot run to the grocery store and to the corner stores as fast as we can. And if we are out there buying up all the toilet paper, you know, think about your grandma. Think about your older uncles. Think about, you know, your Aunt Debbie's. And so, you know, I didn't have to go buy toilet paper because I'm mostly at work more than I am at home. But you know with my job sending everyone home and you know us having to work from home, my part-time job, I'm not on the schedule for a week and a half due to the coronavirus. So I am home. I'm pretty much stocked up. So the other day when I was getting home, um there's a oh I, I wouldn't call her elderly, but there is a lady across the street. Um, I won't say her name because, you know, try to keep a little privacy, but, you know, I had seen her walking back from the store. You know me, when I see my neighbors, hey, how you doing? Just, you know, I was getting out of my car and I was talking to her and she was saying how she came from the grocery store around the corner from her house and she was like, you know, they didn't have any toilet paper and she didn't have any toilet paper. So I said, wait, hold on a minute. I ran in my house and I, I don't have that many toilet papers, but I gave her five toilet papers just because I feel like we're a community and you... And it, that's just me. Um, if I don't have something that somebody else, if I have something and someone someone else doesn't have it, I am just the type of person that, listen, here, I want everyone to be able to provide. So I was able to just help my neighbor out across the street and she was more than excited. Now here's the little, little shady part. She went in to give me a hug, but I, listen, I had to put my elbow up and say, hey, come on, we, we elbow bump, but we gotta be safe out here. But I just wanted to tell that story to just say that, We got to look out for each other. I know
1: it's a scary
2: time, and we want to make sure that we and everyone else has it. But just remember, there are people out there that live alone, that don't have the access to things that we have. And so if this maybe can inspire you guys to just, you know, to just do something nice for someone else, that if you see somebody or you know somebody in your neighborhood, you got an an uncle, maybe check on them. Maybe you can drop something off to them. Just be a blessing to them because, you know, at one point in time, we all going to get old. We're all going to be not to be able to be at our physical fitness that we are today and so when things like this happens like if it's scary for us imagine how scary it has to be for them so just think other than yourselves during this time if you possibly can because i so sure that it will come back to us um and last on my you know church announcements um i wanted to say that you know you, I live a, a very busy life I have multiple jobs I have a pretty active social life I've got a lot of friends And you know I'm always ripping and running And I'm always you know, you know crunching time To make sure I have time for this podcast And just doing all of the things that you know Life is, life is a busy life We live in a very busy society However with this quarantine and chill going on I just want to encourage my purple pants Posse and everyone to slow it down You know, we got this extra amount of time. How many times have I told y'all, like, whew, if I could just get a day off, if I could just get a, you know, a second to breathe. Now, I always try to think of the silver linings, you know, with people, you know, self-quarantining and us, you know, being in the house more often, just... Breathe a sigh of relief. You know, just take a second. You know, we always are ripping and running and just, you know, do something that you wanted to do in the house. Spring clean, get that house together. You might have got a book for Christmas, read that book, but I just want to encourage everyone that in this like kind of sort of time of chaos to just breathe. We're going to get through it and take some time, spend with your family, you know, be with each other, be present in this time. Now that we're going to be stuck with each other for a while. So I just want to encourage everybody to just slow it on down. Okay. Well, all right. Now, let's get this menu popping. And we are back with this week's Survivor News with our resident reporter, Jack Atkins, reporting from the University of Chicago. How are you, Jack?
3: Yeah, what's going on, Bryce? I'm doing well, but uh, I got a call the other day from the Survivor News station, bro. They said I had to start working from home. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's a little staycation right now.
4: We had
2: to send you home. So, give us the report. Like, what's going on before we get into the Survivor News? Like, what's going on at the University of Chicago? I
3: mean, so, basically, we have... Finals week right now, but a lot of my finals have either been canceled or, or they're optional, or they're and they're all, they're all going to be online. And I have a couple of papers as well. But then next week I have spring break. Uh, planning to head down to Tempe and then go home to visit my mom's in CT if all the flights go well. But then the the entire rest of our school year is going online. Wow! So I'm planning to come back to Chicago and just kick it with my friends and do the online classes. But it's pretty pretty crazy stuff right now. Everything's kind of closing down around me.
2: So what does um, that mean for like? kids that don't have anywhere to go like if it's just online can they stay on campus or is the campus closing
3: yeah so they're providing like dorm housing for kids who need it like kids who are international and stuff but a lot of kids are just going home for the rest of the year so Wow. Especially for the seniors I, I'm friends with a lot of seniors I live with some seniors I feel bad Because their whole sp- Senior spring You know it's 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 gone to the wayside Because of all this But
2: Definitely But you know, I think de-
3: Definitely worse uh, Situations to be in right now So nope. you kind of Got to count your blessings A little bit
2: For sure And it's definitely important To pra- be practicing Social distance Baby boy Even though I know You was out drinking um, But you know I think that it's something That we should take Serious enough That like you know Giving your space And like kind of Limiting your interactions But I just wanted to make sure That you were good so let's jump right into this week's Survivor News what you got
3: I mean shit let's kick it off right up top I want to give a shout out to Yule and I want to give a shout out to the Penner family man for sure Uh, you know Penner and his wife are just an absolute class act and so is Yule Uh, and I I just really respect Yule for what he's doing and I respect the show honestly for giving that segment to to bring a little awareness to ALS because it's definitely a difficult disease to deal with and uh, you know it's definitely a devastating thing completely
2: agree and definitely was like definitely heart-wrenching and just to see mm. everything that they're going through and obviously our prayers here from the Purple Pants Posse to the Pinner family and anyone else that is dealing with a-
1: ALS
3: of course and so diving right in Bryce uh, right after that segment uh, we get right into a tribe swap and I, I think maybe it's just best to kind of break it down a little bit tribe by tribe and just get some thoughts so first off we got Decal, which is Jeremy, Denise Sandra, Tony and Kim a lot of legends on that tribe I feel like maybe maybe the most legendary tribe maybe the tribe with the people with the biggest reputations race what are you thinking about that new to tribe
2: I mean definitely I I just think it's interesting Tony's like thought on that about the lions and the hyenas um and how he considers himself a lion and Sandra a lion but correct me if I'm wrong Jeremy has played the same amount of times that Tony has played
3: it's true i mean i mean so tony i would say his reputation just comes mostly just from the the craziness of his first win uh whereas jeremy's is a like tony's such a wild card and so like such a big personality that that kind of makes him larger than life but definitely i think jeremy you could consider him something of a lion granted his gameplay is a little more not straightforward but like he he's like a very logical reasonable player and i think people kind of take that into account when they're thinking about you know who are these big threats out here because if you know how someone kind of likes to play I think that lessens how how much of a threat they are but But with Tony it's like he's so crazy yet still so good
2: but, yeah, but then, but we know he plays crazy. So, like, then we know how he plays. I don't know. I just feel like, again, when I was telling you about, like, my conversations with Jervis last week, how Jervis was saying the same thing, that he doesn't really, like, put Jeremy – like, Jeremy's a great player, but he doesn't put Jeremy up there as a, a, a huge threat. In my opinion, I think Jeremy is a huge threat. Like, he's calm. He's collective. He's well thought out. He's strategic in challenges. He's great people player like so i don't know i just in my opinion i feel like
3: oh i agree i agree i think jeremy's a huge start to win this game uh and i thought that going into the season uh and no no it's, it's a fair point to bring up because you know jeremy definitely had one of the maybe most dominant wins in, in the history of the show you know he, he in second chances he sweeps the entire jury he wins 10 to 0 to 0 over two very respectable players in spencer and tasha both from your season um but i i, I think tony's and I think Tony's win was almost so just unique that maybe that paints, like, a different kind of target on his back. Because even if you think about, you know, Jeremy, you can you can almost compare his win a little bit to, like, a Kim in that they both really had a stable grip on the game and kind of just ran the table. But I, I feel like there's almost a lot of winners that were kind of like that. Not to say that Jeremy and Kim aren't threats. I, feel, I think they totally are. But I think... Uh, You know Sandra having won twice and then Tony just for being one of the biggest personalities in the history of the game kind of puts them on a different level but I totally agree that if I'm out there I'm looking at Jeremy as a really big threat probably more than a lot of other players
2: definitely and then we see Kim this week in the middle seat which I think is a great seat for her whether or not she chooses to go with Jeremy and Sandra or (laughs) with Tony and Sandra or Jeremy and Denise however if I'm Kim I probably might take my chances rolling with uh, Sandra and Tony only because I see if I were Kim I would try try to play an Adam Klein type of game in this situation oh I hope you covered your mouth
3: I did I did so I hope you don't catch nothing listen um no, I agree. Kim is be- definitely in a in a very interesting position right now, uh, and it's a good position for nothing better than being the swing vote on a new on a new swap tribe
2: for sure. Because if you roll with Tony and Sandra, they are huger targets than you, and then mm-hmm. you'll have a better opportunity to get them out. If you roll with Denise and Jeremy, you're more than likely to be at the bottom quickly. So I feel like if she plays an Adam Klein type of game and be honest with Jeremy and say like this is the way I'm voting, voting, but be honest with her, I think it could pay off and for her like later on but who what what other tribes we got
3: well just quickly on to i've been seeing that uh you know there's it's possible that there could be a Cerie type situation where tony goes home because jeremy has you know safety without power where he can leave with tribal before the votes and then denise sandra and kim all have some type of idol whether it's limited or a full power idol Uh, So I'm just hoping we don't see Tony get screwed by all that
2: Yeah, definitely not I definitely do not want to see the lion that is Tony to go home
3: I know, but moving on to Sele Our boy uh, Wendell And and, uh, he's got his boys Nick and Yule And then the the ladies, Parvati and Michelle I know Wendell and Michelle have kicked it a little bit Maybe at the Karate Dojo, I don't know (laughs) Um, But, you know, what's the Can you give us a little more scoop on that, Bryce? What's the scoop you want, Jack? I mean, so we see Michelle and Wendell kind of giving uh the confessionals a b- a bit different of a twist. You know, Michelle's saying they dated for a while, uh, and it was you know she was giving pretty awkward. it was a whole, it was kind of a whole awkward mess, to be honest with you. Uh, Wendell was just saying they had kicked it. Although I think they he admitted like online that they had dated a bit, so maybe he was just downplaying a little bit. But you know what's your take on on the whole dynamic right now and it, honestly if you were out there with an ex would you be like more willing to work with them or would you be like totally against working with so
2: i guess i could see where wendell is concerned that like you know obviously in this season of winners at war where relationships come to haunt you like you know if you are seen connected to them then that's a reason to take you out Mm -hmm. so i definitely would see why he's airing with caution however one thing that pissed me off about him um i think poverty said it was that he's acting very comfortable like stop acting so comfortable like you know get in where you fit in and you know you are very comfortable with Nick and Yule Wendell but don't forget that there's still Michelle and there's still poverty and there's a chance of another tribe swap so you need to try to like make them feel like you're working with them and not like you're the king mm-hmm. of this tribe and I feel like I was like very disappointed to see Wendell in that aspect like what is you doing baby boy like stop like no, you, yeah I, like so that frustrated me a little bit I know you have the numbers and that's great but we don't know what the tribe swappers are going to be like so I feel like you need to be getting in and fitting in with people as much as possible keeping your distance with michelle but still keeping it cool i don't feel like he's playing it cool
3: yeah no i totally agree like i think it's good of him to downplay it because if you come into this new tribe swap with michelle and you're suddenly like all buddy buddy and like oh yeah we dated like we're so excited to see each other i think playing up as like awkward could be good but i also agree you know if he got he got lucky and that he got swapped to a new tribe with his two you know seemingly closest allies and nick and yule but to me there's also that could also pose a huge problem because if you just ride it out with those two say they win all the challenges or even just lose one of the girls you go to the merge the other girl that's left is gonna be like these three are ride or dies like they're so tight that could paint a huge target on you as soon as you get to the merge because you have such a strong little group
2: Absolutely, so I'm definitely like worried for his position in another tribe swap. Like I don't know whether mm. or not the survivor guys will be on his favor um, to like switch. And we are getting close to the merge, so it's yeah. like you know, I, yeah, we- I
3: don't know if there will be another tribe swap because we know the next episode is a double elimination, and then that's right. going to bring us down to twelve. But you know, I I agree if if Yule, Nick, and Wendell get to the merge, and they've you know they haven't really built a good connection with Parvati and Michelle or whichever of those two are left. You know that could immediately paint a target on their back as a t- maybe the tightest trio in the game. Right,
2: and you know I definitely love me some poverty, but she needs to keep it cute on the little jab she's taking at my brother. I don't play that poverty, <laughs> yeah. so keep it cute, but definitely. And then, but what-
3: I mean, Wendell definitely got blessed with this spot. No, uh, for and sure. Hopefully, Absolutely. we just see him. uh You know, play it. Not that he was playing it horribly, but you know, just play play it the best he can, and then coming to the merge potentially. Uh, just looking really strong with his boys
2: then another thing that i also have to think that i think is funny uh you know season 39 when rob and sandra are out there rob built this amazing shelter mm-hmm. and then like you know when wendell came back to this camp and that where rob was at the shelter was horrible so i'm like confused <laughs> like what rob did what you doing like what happened
3: yeah i think rob got real tired from <laughs> uh, being out on 39 <laughs> um but yeah so moving on to the next um And let me ask you this. If if Sele goes to tribal, who do you think goes home?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I would assume it's going to either be poverty or Michelle. I'm hoping that maybe Wendell will maybe work with Pav and that um, work with Michelle and then maybe they'll get poverty out is what I'm thinking is the most yeah. logical thing to do. However, um, I don't know. Like, hopefully they don't lose. And so that we don't even have to consider yeah, yeah. that. I
3: wouldn't want to really lose any of these five, to be honest with you. Right.
2: So. But you just never know how the challenge will go. And so it just kind of just it's,
3: it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Especially with the double elimination next week. Right. It's, it's going to be two tribes going so but then we're moving on to Yara uh who lost the challenge but they have Boston Rob, Ben, Adam, Sarah and Sophie what were your thoughts on this tribe right right at the start?
2: I was nervous because I'm thinking like, oh, shoot. Another mother of my Kageyan people, Sarah. And obviously at, on this island, I felt like obviously Rob is the biggest threat. However, Sarah is another huge threat. Um, I, I love me some Sarah. I love, um, you know, from Kageyan, from her winning her season. Sarah is definitely one that does not give up and is definitely a fighter. And so I was nervous that they were going to put a target on her back, which they obviously did. Mm. Um, but I'm just like... In my opinion, I'm like, I don't understand, like, it should be Denise. But I guess they're not worrying about those, like, players like Denise because they are going to let them slide. But, again, I feel like in a season like this, everybody has a reason to go. And Wait, wait, Denise,
3: just to clarify, Denise isn't on the show. Are you talking about Sophie?
2: Oh, Sophie. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Tyson. My bad, Paul Tyson, (laughs) Tyson. So, okay, then I take it back because I I forgot. So, right. And so, and here's the thing. After Sophie found that idol, I'm like, Sophie going to win. Sophie is the winner of Winners at War. She, in my opinion, is playing one of the best games out here. And I just love it because she's an older school seasoned Mm -hmm. winner. Um, However, she is definitely diving in to, to this era of season, however, still being very low-key and very logical. She's like the
3: female Yule. Exactly, exactly, and I think that, that's her slide a little more under the radar, because, you know, it's, I don't, I, and it's almost like her social and physical skills are, not like, massively evident, but her social game has been really good, I think, um, but just because she's, like, a little on, like, the quirkier side, people might not expect that to be the case, um, and then, obviously, her strategic game is really, really solid right now. She's almost doing, she's, like, kind of a combination of Yule right now, being very uh, n- numerical and, and uh, strategic and then also combining a little bit Jeremy's strategy with the with the shields and like having those like nerd shields in front of her and stuff.
2: Definitely. So we see them lose and then yep. we see them go back to camp and it was just like, you know, a funny reminiscent system
3: on steroids. right,
2: but right. And it's just like it reminded me of Garrett from my season yeah. after they lost and like he was like, no, no, well, nobody's going to talk. But what's interesting to me is that like no one wanted to stand up to Boston Rob because if that was me, I'd be like, hey, yo, Ben, come holler at your girl. Like But they just all respected it. And I guess they just figured if I were Sarah or Sophie, I would be shaking in my underwear because I'm like, oh, my God, like, I can't go off of a wink. I would have had to pull somebody to the side and really been scrambling. But it just goes to show you that sometimes in Survivor, being patient and like trusting your gut instincts really can go far. But I definitely think they made the right move by getting Robert
3: out. So. This has me kind of confused on a few different levels, Bryce, because to me, it's like we didn't really see the moment where Sophie and Sarah were convinced. And maybe that's intentional so that it's like right. kind of a blindside to the viewers. But for me, I was at home saying, like, Sarah, you got to use this vote steal right now. Right. How do you not use the vote steal? Because I know she's used it right before, but I think she may be one of the only people in Survivor history to properly use the vote steal, because for one, it's so situational, and two, it's just generally hard to know exactly where all the votes are going to lie, that you're going to use it properly. And like this is a clear instance, to me, where you use it, you guarantee yourself and your allies' uh, Sophie safety, and then you don't really have to worry about it. So, I mean, ultimately, good move by her, because I guess there was some interaction where they were... They confirmed that they were going to vote out Boston Rob but I was a little bit shocked and then I've also heard theories that like while Boston Rob was doing the confessional about the buddy system that's when the four of them came to the agreement that Boston Rob should go
2: right and I, that probably was it and I'm sure I can understand why production would not want to show that because then it yeah. would just make it such Unfair. an easier way to get out so I def- definitely was happy I've been screaming this whole season of much as I respect and love mm-hmm. me some Boston Rob but he's got to go and I don't understand why we are you know so hell bent on on who he what his you know name brings to it but no let's get him out and so now it's like yes but now it's just worrying some to me because with Boston Rob being out I feel like other huge names are going to follow suit like you know I mean I just it worries me that
3: yeah I could see some moves being made right before the merge no doubt what do you think Yara does if they go to another tribal because now that there's only four of them
2: so I mean I would be nervous and obviously I feel like if they do go, um I the smart thing to do would be with Sarah and Sophie mm-hmm. that one of them just say like, Hey, concede and say to the boys like da du and then a, a unanimous vote out and then Sarah uses steal a card or Sophie use her idol and then they get Adam out. In my opinion, I feel like Adam is the next person that needs to go out because I'm team Sarah and I don't want Sarah
3: to go. I kind of so. disagree. I, I mean, I think Sarah and Sophie are in a really great position here. I would be pretty shocked if one of them goes next week, but I, I feel like they're going to target Ben in all honesty.
2: See, I don't know. I feel like Ben is more of the easier flip-flopper and Ben and Adam have had his issues and you know Ben, how Ben feels about Adam flip-flopping. So I feel like he would be a more easier person to get to go, but I Definitely but been-
3: i will say i mean to me from what we saw in the episode it seems like sophie and adam are kind of forming a bit of a bond and so if i'm sophie and sarah i kind of think about like who am i going to be able to work with in the long run and to me it just seems like they're going to be more comfortable in the fact that they could build a solid relationship with adam than with like Ben, like, if I'm Sophie, there's no way I'm like, yeah, Ben's gonna could has the potential to be like one of my top allies on the. See,
2: game. I don't know. I actually think about it differently with Ben. I know that he's kooky and crazy, but in my opinion, I trust that more than I trust the Adam Klein and that and maybe that and again, maybe that's why I was voted out third. I don't know, but I I no, would no, there's be more, definitely
3: arguments for both. I balance. definitely
2: would be more inclined with a uh, a Ben because we we I guess us as viewers have seen how Adam is playing and he's playing sneaky deaky, and I don't got time. Not when it's quarantine and chill. Granted,
3: I mean, so granted, I don't think Sophie and Sarah have really seen that, but maybe Ben and Adam start, you know, throwing each other under the bus and and Ben was maybe able to argue that, so.
2: Right. So that's, I don't know, that's obviously you're saying you will go with Adam. Obviously, I'm saying that Mm -hmm. I will go with a Ben, but I think it goes to show you that Sarah and Sophie just getting on this tribe together, how united they are, because obviously we feel like it will be the boys coming to them and not the boys trying to pitch one of them against each other, exactly. and even if they do, they have an idol and a still a vote. Or exactly. uh, so I feel like they're just in a great situation, and I just feel like the season is definitely, you know, cheering up. You know, oh, the, for I, think, sure, I, for sure. I think with Boston Rob going home, I think the oven went. I think the oven got preheated. I don't know. I think the <laughs> yeah. oven is at 350. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's beeping now. It's beeping. <laughs> I got to put my pizza in. Um, And so, I, you know, I like that wrap-up of the tribes. And then just one thing I kind of want to cover a little bit before we wrap this all up. Uh, so we see th- this challenge uh, in this episode. It's another kind of, like, obstacle course type thing with a puzzle at the end. You know that puzzle with the four different colored blocks. We right. actually did that in South Africa. Um, But just the general challenge structure of the season seems to be a lot of, you know, agility, obstacle course with a puzzle at the end. What are your thoughts on that, you know, that general challenge structure?
2: I mean I like it because I feel like definitely when you're still on tribes it gives I feel like it just levels the playing field some tribes might have more physically fit people um, mm-hmm. that can get through the agility without an issue um, and then other people may you know have some physically challenged people <laughs> that can't get through the the obstacle course as easy so I just feel like it levels the playing field but I am curious to see what type of challenges once we make the merge mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see and a lot of the time that stati- not statistically the challenges after we make the merge generally weigh heavy on like female winning. Yeah,
3: like, like endurance stuff. You
2: know, right, endurance stuff that a lot of the times that the females tend to win like individually for themselves. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see like what the the, the the gist will be. And I'm just so curious to see like when everyone comes together like what the dynamic will be oh, and definitely. where the votes will go. I'm just curious to know I am worried that from what I see. And we're going to have
3: someone coming back from the edge as well which is going to play a big part I, and I got to be honest with the challenges. I'm a little, I, you know, they get a little bit boring to me just because I, I understand the structure. But the, it's just kind of like the same old, same old thing. Well, Whereas, I
1: mean,
2: I feel like, you know, it's season 40. So they want to like, you know, they love to revisit old challenges. They mm-hmm. have people like, you know, so I don't know. I think that could play into it. But I definitely get what you're saying. Like, I, I need to where is the one where they're like in the water? And they be fighting, and like, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? like That was the
3: first that, challenge of the season. That was my favorite challenge. But no, you no, no,
2: no, I mean? no, no. I'm talking about when they are like on a platform.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm, oh, yeah, totally agree. I like the physical challenge. Yes. I'm, I'm not totally caught up on an Australian survivor. But oh, yes. I feel oh, like those oh, challenges. And in like-
2: Australia, they did my join where you hold, it's like you hold something in your hand. And you know what I'm talking about? Like where if it's like, say it's a plate, and then say they have like a uh, cup stacked on a plate, and oh, yeah.
3: you—that
2: is my favorite one. I mean, I just f-
3: think their challenges are, are a different level I, than American well, challenges. Well, for so. sure,
2: and I've been keeping up with Australia, Uh and I don't no know, spoilers, like not no to not to take away from uh, Survivor America, but yeah. Survivor Australia All Stars, baby. I, I don't know what it is about the editing. I don't know what it is no, about the do, challenges.
3: I'm gonna quarantine and chill and watch ah! that after I'm it. One of my, but
2: uh, it, uh, listen, I will send you the link, baby boy. It is. Del- I mean, I definitely feel Australia
3: a lot, oh, yeah. a oh. whole lot.
2: But definitely, so yeah, I, I'm with you with the challenges. But well, it's still. I still think overall mm. season top notch. I'm oh, yeah. still so excited, and I'm excited every week. I get to talk with you, no matter if we fight behind scenes, <laughs> I I you out. But it's all love. Well, I guess this is going to wrap. You got any last words?
3: Um. I mean, just uh, just something totally de- uh, kind of on the opposite vein. You, you know, we saw that the next season's filming is getting delayed because of this oh. uh, pandemic. Definitely. That was, do you have any thoughts on that, man? Because I know that I, if I was if I was getting cast, that would definitely suck to have that all delayed.
2: Definitely, I always say play it safe and to all of the mm-hmm. people that you know that that's the name of the game when I was casted for survivor I was given four different dates so the yep. date changes that's just the name of the game you got to go with it um, but I am kudos to production uh, for playing it safe and wanting to keep everyone for safe sure. during this epidemic um, so I you know exciting 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 but yeah I did see I did hear that tea that you know production was halted um, on season 41 um, so yeah and so there I, yeah, I, I, I don't know because I got tea but I don't want to give too much tea because I don't know if it's gotcha, public gotcha, or not. So yep. but yeah. But yeah, so that it is exciting. Well, this will wrap up this week's Survivor News with our resident reporter, Jack Atkins from the University of Chicago. Make sure you stay safe and we will be back next week to report what the tea
3: is. Two boots next week. Let's let's see what happens. Oh but thank make- you, Bryce. Thanks again for having me. So excited for this season to start ramping up the mic or er, the ovens all the way on. Uh and let, let's get it. Let's go.
2: All right. Now, we are on to love, not love, but life after lockup. Now, baby, we only got one more episode left before the season finale. And this episode did not disappoint. So this episode picks up with our girl, Angela and Tony. So, you know, Angela and Tony been going through a rough time. You know, she is in the process of getting married to Tony after, you know, she forgave Tony for cheating on her with these prostitutes in a motel. Now, they was in a motel, but they were not quarantining and chilling. They was being nasty and nasty. So Angela has forgiven Tony. She's put him through a series of tests. And, you know, they are moving forward with their marriage or, you know, moving forward with getting married. So they meet with the wedding planner this episode because, you know, they want a wedding on the beach. Now, I don't know if it's more of a harbor, not really a beach, but, you know... It is what it is. Angela reveals to us that she is paying for everything for the wedding because, you know, Tony don't have it. Well, what is he doing at the hotel if you don't have it, Angela? I feel like Tony should be able to be paying you something. Um, and so, as they are, like, setting up the stage, and, you know, they're meeting with their wedding planner, the wedding planner is like, your bridal party will be here. You know, Tony's groomsmen will be here. And Angela's like, Tony don't have no groomsmen. And Tony's like, but, no, but I, I got a best man. Uh, my best man's going to be Andre. Angela's like, who's Andre? i never heard of Andre? Okay, This. furthermore, you're getting married to somebody, you don't even know who his best man is. Okay, but listen, I'm just still trying to get the text back. All right, it's quarantine and chill. I ain't even get nobody to text me back. But anyway, Tony reveals that, you know, he was in jail with this guy named Andre. He was super close with him. And being as so though that Tony is far away from his family, he wants someone to be there. Angela instantly is upset about that. So they go through this fight. And then Angela comes to the conclusion. She's like, fine, he can be your best man. And Tony's like, well, he's throwing me a bachelor party. And you know, Angie, Angie flips out, but she's like, okay, fine you can have your bachelor party so fast forward to the bachelor party it is Tony and Andre however you know Angie's best friend Tom who was in love with Angie who I really think Angie should be with but she ain't really into Tom she invites Tom now first of all how does she invite Tom to his bachelor party but she sends Tom to there to the bachelorette party not the bachelorette party okay the bachelor party she sends Tom it's all awkward it's just the three of them in this little janky little strip club but it actually it's not that janky it looks kind of nice so they're in there Tom's just like you know everybody gets a confessional he's like you know I really think Angela put me here you know to see what's going on with Tony at this party and, I, and I'm going to do my part so Tony tells Andre about Tom and Tom is you know a little intimidated by Andre Andre's like you know so you're not here for him what, what, what you in love with Angela and Tom's like well you know and Tony is like yeah he proposed to her And so Andre is like, so what you trying to stop the wedding? And Tony, Tony, Tom is like, well, if I could, I would. And then babe, Andre, he kind of sort of threatened Tony. He's like, well, listen, you ain't, listen, you get crushed. If you try to stop this wedding, you'll get crushed before or after the wedding. OK, so then all of a sudden, Andre arranges for Tony to get a private lap dance. So Tony goes into this like weird little booth to get a lap dance. And here comes time with his phone. Take a photos. OK, snitches get stitches. You better be careful time around Andre. So he takes a, a video of Tony getting a lap dance and he sends it to Angie. And y'all know Angie in less than 2.3 seconds. Scream. Angie pull up to that strip club okay she marches in there and she's like what are you doing what are you get, get their stuff and let's go I can't believe you're here with these little dirty strippers well girl what you I mean like so I feel like Angela it's a bachelor party he's a so baby Tony get his stuff and he marches on out the strip club and they're set to get married tomorrow so we'll see Angie seems pretty upset so we on to my girl, Lacey, Shane, and John. Now, mind you, you know, Lacey is a friend of the show.
1: Hi, Lacey.
2: Uh, but Lacey pissing me off. Okay. Lacey, I love you, but you wrong. So we know Lacey is with Shane. You know, Shane told her that right before they got married, he cheated on her. He was drunk. Uh, but he loves her and he wanted to forgive her. Since then, Lacey has not been on on them at all and she's really been going to her ex John who Shane hates she's seen John at work then this episode picks up where they're like practically on a date going out to eat somewhere and Shane is at work and so Lacey and John are really talking and John wants Shane out of the house. And Lacey is sort of like obliging to it. She's like, you know, you're you're right. You know, I just I don't trust them. And though she goes to text her dad and John takes the phone, like, who you texting? And Lacey's like, I'm texting my dad. Stop. And then John just really gets upset because he's like, I feel like you're playing me. Like you're playing a both of us. Like, you know, he gotta get out that house. I'm I I'm not doing this with you. So then the next scene we see is that Lacey gets dropped off. Now mind you, when we first seen him, it was light out. Now John is dropping her off at the house and it's dark and basically uh, Lacey um, says that she has not been intimate with John yet because she wants to break up with Shane before she wants to be intimate with John so she goes into the house and mind you John is outside the house. We pull up to the house. She goes in the house. Shane is laying down on the couch, not the couch, the bed, playing, you know, some sort of game system. And, you know, Lacey's like, you just got home from work? And Shane's like, yeah, I just got home from work. It's a busy day. And so Lacey goes from zero to 100. All of a sudden, Lacey's like, well, you need to get your stuff and you need to get out. And Shane is like, well, where is this coming from? Because yesterday I put the, the trampoline together with, for the kids and yo, dad, we good. I woke up this morning. I went to work. And now all of a sudden, you is just going crazy.
1: And she's like, you're just alive you're a fraud you're a liar get out get out
2: and shane is like i mean you really want to do this you really want to do this get out and Shane's like, that's real messed up. She's like, you're a liar. You're a liar. And then all of a sudden we see Lacey on her phone texting. And then she kind of like runs out the house. And Shane's like, where are you going? Where are you going? Why are you running? Why are you running? We need to talk. So obviously we know Lacey going out to John. So as Shane is going outside to basically chase and Lacey, like what's going on? Whew, here comes John, like Big Daddy's home. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> who, who, who Big Daddy? And then of course, you know, episode over so we gotta wait till next week to see what happens but whoo lacy you wrong for that okay you need to work it out with shane lacy okay playing with my shaney boo like that so then we got clint and tracy now whoo now they, they are a whole hot mess and a half so we know clint tracy they got arrested You know, they filmed meth on Tracy, so she got locked up. Clint only had weed. He got let go. He went back home. He paid $5,000 bond for her to get out. They were out for a couple of days. They were together. One day he woke up and Tracy took off. She took the car and the dog and was gone. Clint was distraught. You know, he went to his mom's house. His mom basically gave him an ultimatum, like, we're done with you and Tracy. If you are going to be with Tracy, we are not supporting you anymore. So Clint was like, I'm done with her. He stayed at his mom's house and then he got a phone call. Tracy says she was back home. Clint asked his mom for a ride. His mom said, you won't have to get yourself an Uber because, listen, his mom was quarantining and chilling in the house and so she wasn't doing none of that. So Clint goes over there to the house He can't get in Tracy does not let him in at first Then she lets him in And Tracy got clothes in her hand I don't know what she girl was doing So Clint is like what are you doing And Tracy's like you know all you look at me is as a, a drug user You know you don't look at me like your wife And Clint's like what are you I, You need to get help You need to get help And you know Tracy essentially is like I don't want to get help And so Clint's like that's it it's over And then all of a sudden Now mind you I told y'all you know Tracy has her own issues, and I don't know what Clint's issues are, because in my opinion, you know, listen, I could look at somebody and read somebody, Clint got his own, I don't know what Clint's drug of choice is, but he is definitely like, I don't know, so when Tracy basically says, go find a new wife, I'm done with you, Clint starts Pounding his face like womp, 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 like what in the office was like, Oh my god, somebody do something. Just started pounding his face. And he grabs his phone. He's like, That's it, that's it, that's it. And then Tracy's like, Yeah, go call your mom. Go call your mom. Now, mind you, I'm thinking he about to call the police to have her getting out. I don't know who he's calling. Next thing you know, Uh, Clint is his mom he's like I'm done I'm done I can't do it I can't do it and she's like don't argue with her don't argue with her just leave just leave and he's like okay I'm gonna come there I'm coming there and so Clint's like I'm gonna take the dog Tracy you took the dog without me knowing so then Tracy's like go ahead take the dog So I guess Tracy is now packing some things up And as she's packing her things up She's like where's the photo of the ultrasound And Clint's like I don't know I didn't touch it I didn't touch it in your stuff I didn't throw it in the trash I didn't throw it in the trash And then she's like you probably did you probably threw my stuff in the trash And he's like I didn't throw it in the trash I didn't throw it in the trash like you Actually threw it in the trash now Ooh,
1: ooh.
2: Now, I'm like, what? Then all of a sudden, we get a confessional of Tracy. And Tracy's like, you know, that they were pregnant at one point in time. And she got a miscarriage. And she felt like that was probably one of the worst mistakes of her life. You know, at the time, she didn't feel like they could financially support it. And that the fact that Clint would say that she actually threw it in the trash really upset her. And so the next thing, you know, we see Tracy and Clint and, you know, Tracy's crying and Clint's like, I just really want the best for you. I just really. And then all of a sudden they laying on a bed and Clint's like, I just really want the best for you. Ciao. Clint, Clint need rehab. Clint needs rehab from Tracy. So that's where we left off. Now, mind you, we know his mom is expecting him to come home. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But listen, now let me get into the, the juicy juice of the episode. Megan, Michael, and Sarah. So y'all know Sarah is the baby mom who's actually his wife uh, who lives in Albany or Rochester, New York. Michael came in to see the kids. You know, he brought his new girlfriend, Maria. Maria, Maria. That's my name, Bryce. Don't be saying it all loud like that, okay? get to Get to what happened today. Get to what happened, Bryce okay sorry Maria so we know that you know last what happened was Mike went over to Sarah's house to see the girls he spent the night him and Sarah had intercourse he told the kids he was going to come back next tomorrow for an ice cream date tomorrow came and went the kids was looking for him he didn't come so Sarah said I'm going to pull up to the hotel Sarah pulls up to the hotel and coincidentally as she is just pulling up to the hotel Michael and Maria are going out for a cigarette so Sarah approaches them and says Michael can I talk to you about the kids and Maria goes crazy you can't text him you can't tax him don't be so mind you they're like sort of about to get to an altercation Michael is yelling at Maria like sit down get back stop chew 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 so then in the midst of all of that, the the hotel manager, now I don't know if I'm making this up because y'all know when I be watching, I literally be sitting on the edge of my bed like, ooh, whoo, ooh. So I was screaming, so I can't really tell what happened. But I think the manager was like, y'all need to calm the F down because y'all disturbing my guests. So when the manager said that to Mike, Mike went crazy, like, hey, don't you talk to them like that. Well, first of all, y'all is being loud. And if I was the manager, I would have just called the police. <clears throat> Hello, hot 911. This is Motel 6 where we leave the light on. I have some life after lockup people in my lobby. I need for y'all to come. That would have been me. So, Mike and the manager start getting into it. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm calling the cops. Now, here goes Sarah. Sarah
1: like, Mike, they calling the cops. Get in my car. Let's go. Get in my Girl,
2: what, Sarah, what in the world? What you mean get in my car and go? Girl, he don't want to go with you. So, it's this big whole commotion. Sarah is like, get in my car. And Maria is like, hey, I don't want to go to you. So all of a sudden, WeTV gets a van. A van pulls up and Michael and Maria get in the van. And then the van drives off and Sarah is just standing there. Now, at this point, I do kind of feel bad for Sarah. But I feel like, Sarah, you are just in love with Michael. Like, you keep trying to make this about the kids. Yes, it is about the kids. But it's more about your relationship with Michael. Just own up to that, okay? So she's standing there like... He chose her over the kids. Now I've got to go back and tell the kids that he not coming, and they've been looking at the cars every day. Girl, the the kids, the, ten nine eight seven six. Because I don't want to be mean to Sarah, but I feel like you already know what it is, Sarah. Like you know what it is. Like, you know what it is. So then camera pan back to Michael and, Michael and Maria in the car. Maria's like, baby, can I just talk to you? Just calm down, calm down. Just breathe,
3: breathe, breathe.
2: And then we see, uh, we see Michael, and he's kind of sort of got, like, tears in his eyes. And he's just like, you know, all of this because she wanted to come up here, you know. And I really just feel like she wanted to see what you look like. And that's it. Then we just see them driving off. And next week is the season finale and it's a lot of like hinters in the season finale that i don't even want to get into we just gonna have to wait and to see next week because ooh, i'm trying to tell y'all life after lockup up is popping y'all better watch friday on WeTV tv so we can get caught up that's your quarantine and chill homework purple pants posse So moving right along, we on to 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 days. So y'all, but Purple Pants Posse, I have to, you know, when I'm wrong, I admit y'all was right. 90 Day Fiancé is good. Now this is, this actually isn't the show 90 Day Fiancé. This is like another show, just like love after lockup, life after lockup. So, you know, TLC is on it. So this is basically, you know, um, 90 Day Fiance is a show that follows couples who have an existing relationship online, but have haven't met in person. And we follow the journey to them experiencing uh, meeting their people and, you know, falling in love. And then, you know, they've got 90 days before they get married. <clears throat> so this show is about these couples, but before the 90 days. And so they are a couple of couples on this show that I just wanted to touch on. So, one of the people, his name is Ed, okay? He's in a relationship with a 28 year old girl named Rosemary, and she is from. Uh, she is from the Philippines. Now, mind you, this is kind of like special to me because when I was on Survivor, uh, we filmed in the Philippines. So I spent a lot of time in the Philippines. So it's just so interesting. But anyway, Mike is a 54 year old man and he met his, you know, 23 year old girlfriend, Rose Marie, on Facebook. They've been talking for three months and, you know, Ed is ready to fly to the Philippines to, Essentially <laughs> proposed to her. Now, a little bit about Ed, um he is 4:11. Okay, a little short. That's fine. You know, love comes in all different sizes, but Ed ain't got no neck when y'all. Listen, it, I'm not making this up when y'all watch the show or if you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. Ed ain't got no neck. OK, and he just got a chin and then it go right into his shoulder blades. So he tells us as he's like flying to Manila uh to meet Rose that like, you know, he's a little nervous because, you know, Rose is like five two. So he told Rose he's she's the same size as him. And a little bit about Rose She is 23 She's got a 4 year old She lives in the back of the store With her son And they live with her sister And their kids She lives in a one room apartment Don't have no, no bathroom Don't have no kitchen Just a room And you know She pulls out blankets To sleep at night And so she is really looking For ads. to Whisk her off her feet. She has her son calling Ed Daddy Ed because she is even said in her confessionals that basically she wants a better life for her son. So, Rose is 23. Ed is 54. Ed gets to Manila. He's like a little nervous because he ain't never seen her. And, you know, before we get to see Ed and Rose meet, Rose, like, you know, talks to her sister, and her sister is like, you know, she's excited because they just look at Ed like he's rich, and they're like, you know, we I want my sister to have a better life. Mind you, we meet Rose's dad, who is also... 54 years old he looks like he drives a tut tut and so like in the Philippines a tut tut is basically like a motorized bike that has like a compartment on it so you can like it's like a taxi but like a bike taxi and listen in Manila the Philippines that is so congested so sometimes cars can't even get by so the tut tuts can get you in and out and there are plenty of days when I was in Survivor uh, you know when I was on my Survivor trip that I was in a tut tut okay so yes and another thing that I know about uh, the the Philippine culture or like the Filipino women is that they are very aggressive just from my own experience I remember that I went out to like it was like me Gary Jatia and Cliff we had went out one night and like uh, Garrett ordered like a round of like shots for the table and me and Alexis went to the bathroom and so when me and Alexis went to the bathroom when we opened the door like a waiter bumped into the door and like dropped a drink and now all of a sudden out of nowhere this like one of the Filipino ladies came out and was like you buy you buy you buy you buy me and Alexis was like girl what and so they really were trying to get us like to give them money because the waiter bumped into the door but we like made our way back to the table and was like listen we got all of this food and drinks here like we ain't not spending no money however if I would by myself I would have been scared like oh let me give them all this money but that's all I can say they're very aggressive that's just from my opinion so, um, Ed gets to the airport. He's a little nervous because Rose is a little late. Now, mind you, Rose looks like a 12 year old girl. I'm just, just, I'm just my, listen, that's what she looked like. So Ed is like, Oh my God, she's so beautiful. You know, they check into a hotel and Rose has never been allegedly. She's never been to a hotel or never been to Manila, never been to the big city. However, when they're on a cab ride, to the hotel, you know, Ed is trying to get more information out of her. He's like, so, do you like the way I look? How do you think I I, I look? You know, do you like the way I look? And, you know, she's like, yes, Ed, you look very nice. Um, and Ed's like, so tell me about your past. Like, you know, have you ever been to a party? And, you know, Rose is like, yeah, I, I've been to a hotel before, you know, for New Year's Eve. I partied with my friend. And Ed's like, well, who's your friend? And she's like, well, it's a couple of guys. And he's like, uh, where were you guys at? She's like, a hotel. And he's like, were you guys drinking Yes, there was alcohol. Now, mind you, (laughs) you put two and two together, a couple of guys, and just you at a hotel, Rose.
1: Chill.
2: Sound like my type of New Year's Eve party. (laughs) Quarantine and chill. But anyway, so Ed has suspicions because he has not been able to get, like, Rose's background. Like, he don't know nothing about her. And, like, he don't know whether or not if this is, like, a scam. Well, here's something, Ed. If it smell like a scam, it look like a scam. And you in a hotel with a bunch of guys and you drinking and you the only female. (laughs) So anyway, just really awkward. Their interactions are awkward. Like while they're checking into the hotel, like the camera crew and TLC is very much like WeTV. Everybody gets a confessional. Um, They ask her, like, how do you feel about Ed?" And she's just like, he talk a lot. I wish he didn't talk because my English is not that good. So here we are, like, this cultural language, and another thing, whenever I go travel, you know, I'm, you know, a well-versed traveling queen, whenever I go to a different country, I always try to learn phrases, I always try to pick up on the lingo, because I don't ever want to be that American that just thinks, like, wherever I go, I need to speak American, or English, and that's very much Ed, and, which is surprising to me, like, you're in love with this Filipino woman, Ed, and you've don't know anything about the culture. You haven't even tried to learn Kab Kun Khan. OK, because I know that that means thank you very much. Kab Kun Khan is like, thank you very much. And that's what the man says. And Kab ku ka is like what the female says. I-, I know that. So here it is. Rose is like uncomfortable about her English. And Ed don't make it no more easier. He just continues to ask these questions that she can't really answer. So it's just awkward. So they go to the hotel and it's like, make sure there's two beds. I, you know, I don't want to put any pressure on Rose. I don't want to consummate the relationship yet, but you know, I, you know, so he wants two beds. They, they end up having a king size bed, but it's like one of those beds that like, you know, you can push the mattresses apart. So they like go to sleep and it's just awkward because like everything that he does, he announces He's like, okay, I'm going I'm to go brush my teeth and then we can go to sleep. Boy. So, but Ed does tell us that he does not want to have sex with Rose until she feels comfortable and he wants an STD test from her. Okay, I'm all for that. Makes sense. So... They wake up the next day. They go into town because Ed, like Rose didn't have pajamas, so Ed had to like buy her. Like Ed gave her one of his t-shirts. Um, and so he was like, you know, I just felt really bad. I I I felt bad. So he's like, I really want to go buy her some uh some clothes and so, so whatever. So they get to uh the market and it's the Philippines. It's like crowded and hot. And so Ed is taken back by how much of crowded it is. Now, mind you, me, I love it. I'm a people piece, I'm a people watcher. I would be just looking at all the people. And so Ed is like so uncomfortable. Mind you, he's got a whole TV crew with him. He's 4'11, with this, like, you know, 5'2 Filipino girl, and people are looking at him because they already know what's up. And like, you know, that is that's the culture. Like a lot of men come to the Philippines for women. And they come for children too, because don't live. Listen, you think that sex trafficking thing is not real? Go to the Philippines. When we were in the Philippines, we seen so many uncomfortable things. It, ugh. Anyway, so they get to the shop and Ed wants to buy her a, a shirt and they're like, it's 20 pounds. And so Ed pulls out his wallet and Bay Bay Rose just go in the wallet and say, she's like, give me your wallet. And mm, the aggressive side, she ain't shy then. She goes in his wallet, takes the money out, gives it to the person and tells the guy to keep the change. And Ed's like, it just, it just makes me really uncomfortable. Like it makes me uncomfortable. And so uh, the whole time that they're shopping would have been for like five minutes. They go to like three different stores and she's taking the money out of his wallet. So then after like the third store, Ed is like drenched because he's, you know, low. Height and weight challenge. And he's like, I I, I just don't feel comfortable. I, I really want to go back to the hotel. And Rose is like, We just got here. Like, this is what the Philippines is. And so he's like, I, I, I just want to go back. So they go back. And in Ed's confession, he's just like, I really want to know whether or not Rose really likes me for me or whether or not Rose is, you know, in it for the money and a scam. And then. He reveals to us that Rose's sister contacted him last week before he came asking for money because the store that, Ro- that Rose's sister runs, she says it's not making money and it's about to close. And if he could be a financial help to her and if you don't get out now, I mean, if you don't get I mean, I can't even. Listen, I'm trying to tell y'all. So there's another couple I want to talk about. And baby, y'all, y'all will not believe it. So it's a young lady named Lisa, and she got the nerve to be from Pennsylvania. She's from York, Pennsylvania, which is maybe about an hour to two hours away from Philadelphia. And she is in love with this Nigerian man named Yus- Yusman. But he goes by Soulja Boy and he is a, a entertainer and a, a, I, don't, I wouldn't say a rapper, but, you know, he writes songs. He's an entertainer. So Lisa has been dating youth man online. She's 53 years old and she's a hospice worker. Um, And, you know, and Soldier Boy is a 30 year old uh, Nigerian man uh, who's an entertainer and a musician. They met through social media and, you know, that's how they met. And so, you know, she is on her way to Nigeria to get married because she wants to bring Soldier Boy back. To the states with her, cause she wants some young chocolate Tenderoni Okay, Lisa trying to get her groove back. Okay, now Lisa is, you know, fit, she, you know, she in her fifties. You know, she a little heavy set. Looks like she looks like looks like she could be friends with Angie. Okay, she smoked them cigarettes. Um, so. Let's talk about Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy lives in a village in Nigeria. He lives with two roommates. They live in a one-bedroom house uh, with no running water. Just one bedroom. They all share the bedroom. He's got, uh, and they get a bucket of water, and that's how they wash. And so, but you know what I love about Soldier Boy is, is that like I love his personality. He seems fun, and he basically tells his friends that like you know although Lisa is not. You know, the girls that he's normally attracted to, he's willing to make it work. Now, mind you, <laughs> he tells the producers, because the producers ask him, because mind you, TLC producers, they shady. The TLC producers ask him, like, Are you attracted to Lisa? Like, how do you know you can make it work? And so uh Soldier Boy is like, you know, uh, she's not what I am used to, but I am fully committed. And mind you, oh, this is the whole thing. He calls her baby love. So, he's like, you know, she's not what I'm used to, but she has the lady parts. So, I- I'll be able to work with it. What? I, what? What the? What? what cha, oh, cha. She got the lady parts. Whew. Ten, nine eight. 8. So, I can't get nobody to text me back during this quarantine to chill. But Usman is willing to make it work with Lisa because she just got the lady parts. I mean, I... To, uh- but Lisa is extremely jealous. So, you know, Usman is an entertainer. He's got social media. He's got Instagram. He posts videos, new songs. And so if any female writes on his page like, oh, my God, I love this song. I love you, Soulja Boy. Lisa will slide in them DMs, talk about don't be messaging my man because Lisa don't play about Soulja Boy. So, Lisa takes the 18-hour trip to Nigeria. She arrives in Nigeria and Yusuf and his two roommates pick them up. And Lisa is like, what is going on here? Like, why is his roommates here? And so they're in the backseat of the car. Now, mind you, when they see Lisa, <laughs> Oh, let me drink. Hold on, let me with the whistle, y'all. Mm. Mm. When they see Lisa, you just have to watch what, how they look. They just like, ooh. So Lisa and or baby love and soldier boy are in the back seat of the car and they are kissing and the roommates are like why do they have to kiss so much normal person kisses three times they kiss twenty so <laughs> they get to the hotel where Lisa is staying at and they uh they get her to the room and you know the, the roommates is like okay soldier boy you come up with us and soldier boy's like I'm going to stay with Lisa and they like are you sure. <laughs> They are like concerned for Soldier Boy. So Soulja Boy and Lisa, they go into the room. And mind you, they're like, you know, talking. And basically, they in the room for like three minutes. And Lisa is like, okay, to the cameras, y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go. So the next morning they wake up and, you know, they're like, so did you have a good time with Lisa? And Soulja Boy is like, yes, if my expectations, if what I like is 100%, Lisa was definitely 70%. And I can work with 70%. Another thing that I think is like a little like tasteless on Lisa's part is they say that they had sex. And basically Lisa uh, reveals that they had sex without a condom.
1: Girl, what in the hell are you doing? Okay, without a condom,
2: Ciao. okay, if you think the coronavirus is easy, contractible, it's a lot of other STDs that you could get, girl, so they had sex. You know, they meet up with Yusuf's room. I don't even know why they have to continue to meet up with Yusuf's roommate. They meet up with Soldier Boy's roommate for breakfast. And Lisa is not happy with the the culture, the type of breakfast that they, they're having. And the roommates are like, well, if you're going to marry Soldier Boy, like you should get used to the customs of what we are eating. And so they start talking about this marriage because, you know, Lisa wants to marry Soldier Boy while they're here. And one of the roommates is like, well. I'm going to just be honest with you, Lisa. I don't know if Soldier Boy's mom is going to like you because you're white. And, you know, in our society, they don't really like their sons to be with white women. And Lisa's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that people still think like this. Yes, girl, people still think like that, okay? And so she says to Soldier Boy, well, we're getting married with or without your mother's blessing. And so the roommates get a confessional and they're saying, like, in Nigeria, our culture are, like, people respect their parents a lot. And if the parents say no to something, then it's not gonna happen. And so you know, Soldier Boy, she's like, We're gonna get married if your mom doesn't like it, right? And Soulja Boy is like, Well, we have to cross that bridge when we get there. And Lisa's like, What? So she gets up from the table and starts walking away. She start, her her blood pressure start getting up, okay? You know, her blood pressure start getting up, and they're like, are you okay? She's just like, you know, I thought I was going to marry him, and now it's the possibility that I might not be married. I I just don't know. I just don't know. Ciao. I'm trying to tell y'all, 90 Day Fiance, I was sleeping on it. I apologize. Purple Pants Posse cuz the 90 the 90 days before the 90 days is even more popping. And so there are about four other couples that I would love to talk about, but I am just trying to wet y'all whistle to this. So make sure y'all get into the 90 days before the 90 day fiance cuz it's delicious. All right, next on the menu, I have social distancing. So I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to be honest about like my personal take on it and, um, you know, how things have developed with this coronavirus and everything going on. Uh, Because last week I was aware of it and, you know. I I still was going out. I'm like, I'm going out to the bar. I'm doing what I've got to do. But the more research that I have done and the more I see when I look at Italy and I see everything that's going on with Italy, I definitely think that we um, need to take it serious. Um, And I just think I just wanted to put it on the, I talked about it in the church announcements, but I just wanted to go dive a little more deeper into, you know, social distancing. And I think, That it's important. Um, Over the weekend, I was like watching my stories and I'm seeing a lot of my friends going out to these parties. And I was even tempted to go out to a party. But with them, you know, quarantining people with like the amount of schools in the Philadelphia area and nationwide have been closing down all of the jobs that have been closing down. um, Obviously, it is something so serious. And so I was like watching the story of this lady who is in Italy
0: hey everybody this is braces on Zebby. um i just want to come on here and let y'all know to make sure y'all is washing your hands okay the news anchor guys say to wash the hands so i just want to give you all a little trick uh you know they say you should sing about 20 seconds you know sing a song twice so what i likes to do when i'm washing my hands you know my nephew bryce got a song called freak so when i'm washing my hands i sing the song freak singing with me you a freak Uh, I don't hear y'all washing y'all hands you a freak i'm a freak let's get freaky all week you a freak i'm a freak it don't have to be me. all right then you say it again and then you should be good make sure you getting under your nail beds because a lot of y'all got dirty nails i'll be seeing it well all right y'all this is braces on debbie and you are now listening to the purple pants podcast
1: yes, sir.
2: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I am so happy to be back with you guys. I hope everyone is staying sane. I know, I know, I know, I know it's a lot going on, but don't worry. Your baby boy got you covered it's been a not so busy week for me this weekend baby boy had to lay low okay I had to quarantine and chill cause I ain't trying to get no corona okay and although it's a laughing matter you know hear me I likes to play a lot but it is something that we need to take serious and you know baby boy had to lay It's low, and I was quarantining and chilling. I'm not sure what y'all was doing, but I hope everyone was well, because it's a lot going on. It's It's a lot of spooky things. We in some uncharted territory, and we need to stay safe. I need my purple pants posse to be safe, but... Nevertheless, I got to come through. You know, jobs is canceling. They canceling schools. People got to work from home. But one thing is for certain. Two things is for sure. The Purple Pants Podcast ain't stopping. So I got y'all covered through y'all quarantine. So this week, we got a lot on the menu because I figured let me make it jam-packed for y'all, okay? Y'all got a lot of free time on your hands. So you know your baby boy is going to get you through it. So this week, we got the church announcements. And on the menu this week, we've got survivor news we've got love after lockup we've got 90 day fiance before the 90 days we've got social distancing we've got the purple pants premonitions we've got the purple pants picks. we got advice with bryce and i figure with everything going on i just call barb and we got a barbs message this week and we got the freak of the week okay now before we get started you know i likes to wet the whistle so let me wet the whistle real quick on. Mm. Mm. y'all wanna know what I'm wetting the whistle with this week I'm wetting the whistle with an emergency okay that's my cocktail of the week I'm trying to keep my immune system up healthy you know I took my multivitamin today so baby boy ain't taking no chances so we got
1: to be safe
2: now hold on let me wet the whistle again Mm. All right, so let's jump right in to the church announcements this week So I just wanted to announce that, you know, Wendell and I, we've been doing these watch parties for winners, winners at war. You know, I'm so excited to root my friend on, but we are going to have to discontinue our watch parties until it is safe again. As much as I love to come out and cheer and scream and act the mess with y'all, we have to play it safe. So we are going to be postponing our watch parties until further notice. We think that the safety of others comes more important than our love for Survivor and to being together with all you guys. So our watch parties are going to be postponed until further notice. We want everyone to be safe. Um Second one the church announcements. I just had to tell y'all a little anecdote, okay? So y'all going crazy with this toilet paper and napkins and y'all is going to the store buying them up. Whew, okay. Now, let me just say this. I understand, you know, we in some uncharted territories and y'all want to go and get 10, 20 rolls of toilet papers. But I think it's important for us to remember that we have elderly people out there. We've got some disabled people out there that cannot run to the grocery store and to the corner stores as fast as we can. And if we are out there buying up all the toilet paper, you know, think about your grandmom, think about your older uncles, think about, you know, your Aunt Debbie's. And so, you know, I didn't have to go buy toilet paper because, I'm mostly at work more than I am at home. But you know with my job sending everyone home and you know us having to work from home, my part-time job, I'm not on the schedule for a week and a half due to the coronavirus. So I am home. I'm pretty much stocked up. So the other day when I was getting home, um there's a oh I, I wouldn't call her elderly but there is a lady across the street um I won't say her name cuz you know try to keep a little privacy but you know I had seen her walking back from the store you know me when I see my neighbors hey how you doing just you know I was getting out of my car and I was talking to her and she was saying how she came from the grocery store around the corner from our house and she was like you know they didn't have any toilet paper and she didn't have any toilet paper so I said wait hold on a minute I ran in my house and I I don't have that many toilet papers but I gave her five toilet papers just because I feel like we're a community and you and and it, that's just me. Um, if I don't have something that somebody else, if I have something and someone someone else doesn't have it, I am just the type of person that, listen, here, I want everyone to be able to provide. So I was able to just help my neighbor out across the street and she was more than excited. Now here are the little, little shady part: She went in to give me a hug, but I, listen, I had to put my elbow up and say, hey, come on, we, we elbow bump, but we gotta be safe out here. But I just wanted to tell that story to just say that, We got to look out for each other. I know it's a scary time and we want to make sure that we and everyone else has it. But just remember, there are people out there that live alone, that don't have the access to things that we have. And so if this maybe can inspire you guys to just, you know, to just do something nice for someone else. That if you see somebody or you know somebody in your neighborhood, you got an an uncle, maybe check on them. Maybe you can drop something off to them. Just be a blessing to them because, you know, at one point in time, we all going to get old. We're all going to be not to be able to be at our physical fitness that we are today and so when things like this happens like if it's scary for us imagine how scary it has to be for them so just think other than yourselves during this time if you possibly can because i'm so sure that it will come back to us um and last on my you know church announcements um i wanted to say that you know you i live a a very busy life i have multiple jobs i have a pretty active social life i've got a lot of friends and you know i'm always ripping and running and i'm always you know you know crunching time to make sure i have time for this podcast and just doing all of the things that you know life is life is a busy life we live in a very busy society however with this quarantine and chill going on i just want to encourage my purple pants posse and everyone to slow it down You know, we got this extra amount of time. How many times have I told y'all, like, "Whoo! if I could just get a day off, if I could just get a, you know, a second to breathe. Now, I always try to think of the silver linings, you know, with people, you know, self-quarantining and us, you know, being in the house more often. Just... Breathe a sigh of relief, you know, just take a second. You know, we always are ripping and running and just, you know, do something that you wanted to do in the house. Spring clean, get that house together. You might have got a book for Christmas. Read that book. But I just want to encourage everyone that in this like kind of sort of time of chaos to just breathe. We're going to get through it and take some time. Spend with your family, you know, be with each other, be present in this time now that we're going to be stuck with each other for a while. So I just want to encourage everybody to just slow it on down. Okay. Well, all right. Now, let's get this menu popping. And we are back with this week's Survivor News with our resident reporter, Jack Atkins, reporting from the University of Chicago. How are you, Jack?
3: Yeah, what's going on, Bryce? I'm doing well, but uh, I got a call the other day from the Survivor News station, bro. They said I had to start working from home. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's a little staycation right now.
2: We had to send you home. So, give us the report. Like, what's going on before we get into the Survivor News? Like, what's going on at the University of Chicago?
3: I mean, so, basically, we have finals week right now but a lot of my finals have either been canceled or, or they're optional or they're and they're all they're all gonna be online and I have a couple of papers as well but then next week I have spring break uh, planning to head down to Tempe and then go home to visit my mom's in CT if all the flights go well but then the, the entire rest of our school year is going online wow so I'm planning to come back to Chicago and just kick it with my friends and do the online classes but it's pretty pretty crazy stuff right now everything's kind of closing down around me
2: so what does that um, mean for like kids that don't have anywhere to go like if it's just online can they stay on campus or is the campus closing
3: yeah so they're providing like dorm housing for kids who need it like kids who are international and stuff but a lot of kids are just going home for the rest of the year so Wow. Especially for the seniors I, I'm friends with a lot of seniors I live with some seniors I feel bad Because their whole sp- senior spring You know it's 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 gone to the wayside Because of all this But
2: Definitely but you know There's de-
3: definitely worse uh, situations To be in right now So nope. you kind of got to Count your blessings a little bit For
2: sure And it's definitely important To pra- be practicing social distance Baby boy Even though I know you was out drinking um, But you know I think that it's something That we should take Serious enough That like you know Giving your space And like kind of limiting Your interactions But I just wanted to make sure That you were good Good. so definitely, let definitely. jump right into this week's Survivor News what you got
3: I mean shit let's kick it off right up top I want to give a shout out to Yule and I want to give a shout out to the Penner family man for sure uh, you know Penner and his wife are just an absolute class act and so is Yule uh, and I, I just really respect Yule for what he's doing and I respect the show honestly for giving that segment to, to bring a little awareness to ALS because it's definitely a difficult disease to deal with and uh, you know it's definitely a devastating thing
2: completely agree and definitely was like definitely heart wrenching and just to see mm. everything that they're going through and obviously our prayers here from the purple pants posse to the pinner family and anyone else that is dealing with a a ls
3: of course and so diving right in bryce uh right after that segment uh we get right into a tribe swap and I, I think maybe it's just best to kind of break it down a little bit tribe by tribe and just give some thoughts so first off we got Decal, which is jeremy denise sandra tony and kim a lot of legends on that tribe i feel like maybe maybe the most legendary tribe maybe the tribe with the people with the biggest reputations Bryce, what are you thinking about that new decal tribe
2: i mean definitely i i just think it's interesting tony's like thought on that about the lions and the hyenas um and how he considers himself a lion and sandra a lion but correct me if i'm wrong jeremy has played the same amount of times that tony has played
3: it's true i mean i mean so tony i would say his reputation just comes mostly just from the the craziness of his first win uh, whereas jeremy's is a, like tony's such a wild card and so like such a big personality that that kind of makes him larger than life but definitely i think jeremy you could consider him something of a lion granted his gameplay is a little more not straightforward but like he he's like a very logical reasonable player and i think People kind of take that into account when they're thinking about, you know, who are these big threats out here? Because if you know how someone kind of likes to play, I think that lessens how how much of a threat they are. But But with Tony, it's like he's so crazy, yet still so good.
2: But, yeah, but then, but we know he plays crazy. So, like, then we know how he plays. I don't know. I just feel like, again, when I was telling you about, like, my conversations with Jervis last week, how Jervis was saying the same thing, that he doesn't really, like, put Jeremy – like, Jeremy's a great player, but he doesn't put Jeremy up there as a, a, a huge threat. In my opinion, I think Jeremy is a huge threat. Like, he's calm. He's collective. He's well thought out. He's strategic in challenges. He's great people player like so i don't know i just in my opinion i feel like
3: oh i agree i agree i think jeremy's a huge start to win this game uh and i thought that going into the season uh and no no it's, it's a fair point to bring up because you know jeremy definitely had one of the maybe most dominant wins in in the history of the show you know he, he in second chances he sweeps the entire jury he wins 10 to 0 to 0 over two very respectable players in spencer and tasha both from your season um but i i, I think tony's and I think Tony's win was almost so just unique that maybe that paints, like, a different kind of target on his Because even if you think about, you know, Jeremy, you can you can almost compare his win a little bit to, like, a Kim in that they both really had a stable grip on the game and kind of just ran the table. But I, f- I feel like there's almost a lot of winners that were kind of like that. Not to say that Jeremy and Kim aren't threats. I, th- I think they totally are. But I think... Uh, you know Sandra having won twice and then Tony just for being one of the biggest personalities in the history of the game kind of puts them on a different level but I totally agree that if I'm out there I'm looking at Jeremy as a really big threat probably more than a lot of other players definitely
2: and then we see Kim this week in the middle seat which I think is a great seat for her whether or not she chooses to go with Jeremy and Sandra or (laughs) with Tony and Sandra or Jeremy and Denise however if I'm Kim I probably might take my chances rolling with uh, Sandra and Tony only because I see if I were Kim I would try to play an Adam Klein type of <coughs> game in this situation yeah. oh I hope you covered your mouth
3: I did I did so okay. I hope you don't catch nothing uh, listen um no, I agree. Kim is be- definitely in a, in a very interesting position right now, uh, and it's a good position for nothing better than being the swing vote on a, new, on a new swap tribe.
2: For sure, because if you roll with Tony and Sandra, they are huger targets than you, and then mm-hmm. you'll have a better opportunity to get them out. If you roll with Denise and Jeremy, you're more than likely to be at the bottom quickly. So I feel like if she plays an Adam Klein type of game and be honest with Jeremy and say, like, this is the way I'm voting, but be honest with her, I think it could pay off, and for her like later on but who what what other tribes we got
3: well just quickly on to i've been seeing that uh you know there's it's possible that there could be a sari type situation where tony goes home because jeremy has you know safety without power where he can leave with tribal before the votes and then denise sandra and kim all have some type of idol whether it's limited or a full power idol Uh, So I'm just hoping we don't see Tony get screwed by all that Yeah,
2: definitely not I definitely do not want to see the lion that is Tony to go home
3: I know, but moving on to Sele Our boy uh, Wendell And and, uh, he's got his boys Nick and Yule And then the the ladies, Parvati and Michelle I know Wendell and Michelle have kicked it a little bit Maybe at the Karate Dojo, I don't know (laughs) Um, But, you know, what's the Can you give us a little more scoop on that, Bryce? What's the scoop you want, Jack? I mean so we see Michelle and Wendell kinda of giving uh the confessionals a a bit different of a twist. You know, Michelle's saying they dated for a while, uh and it was you know, she was giving pretty awkward there it was a whole it was kind of a whole awkward mess to be honest with you. Uh, Wendell was just saying they had kicked it, although I think they he admitted like online that they had dated a bit, so maybe he was just downplaying a little bit but you know what's your take on on the whole dynamic right now and it, honestly if you were out there with an ex would you be like more willing to work with them or would you be like totally against working with so
2: i guess i could see where wendell is concerned that like you know obviously in this season of winners at war where relationships come to haunt you like you know if you are seen connected to them then that's a reason to take you out Mm -hmm. so i definitely would see why he's airing with caution however one thing that pissed me off about him um i think poverty said it was that he's acting very comfortable like stop acting so comfortable like you know get in where you fit in and you know you are very comfortable with Nick and Yule Wendell but don't forget that there's still Michelle and there's still poverty and there's a chance of another tribe swap so you need to try to like make them feel like you're working with them and not like you're the king Mm -hmm. of this tribe and I feel like I was like very disappointed to see Wendell in that aspect like what is you doing baby boy like stop Like, like so that frustrated me a little bit I know you have the numbers and that's great but we don't know what the tribe swappers are going to be like so I feel like you need to be getting in and fitting in with people as much as possible keeping your distance with michelle but still keeping it cool i don't feel like he's playing it cool
3: yeah no i totally agree like i think it's good of him to downplay it because if you come into this new tribe swap with michelle and you're suddenly like all buddy buddy and like oh yeah we dated like we're so excited to see each other i think playing it up as like awkward could be good but i also agree you know if he got he got lucky and that he got swapped to a new tribe with his two you know seemingly closest allies in nick and yule but to me there's also that could also pose a huge problem because if you just ride it out with those two say they win all the challenges or even just lose one of the girls you go to the merge the other girl that's left is gonna be like these three are ride or dies like they're so tight that could paint a huge target on you as soon as you get to the merge because you have such a strong little group absolutely
2: so i'm definitely like worried for his position in another tribe swap like i don't know whether Mm -hmm. or not the survivor guys will be on his favor um to like switch and we are getting close to the merge so it's like you know yeah,
3: I don't know if there will be another tribe swap because we know the next episode is a double elimination, and then that's right. going to bring us down to twelve. But you know, I I agree if if Yule, Nick, and Wendell get to the merge, and they've you know they haven't really built a good connection with Parvati and Michelle or whichever of those two are left. You know, that could immediately paint a target on their back as a t- maybe the tightest trio in the game.
2: Right. And, you know, I definitely love me some poverty, but she needs to keep it cute on the little jab she's taking at my brother. I don't play that poverty. <laughs> yeah. So keep it cute, but definitely. And then but, what-
3: I mean, Wendell definitely got blessed with this spot. No, uh, for and sure. Hopefully Absolutely. we just see him, uh, you know, play it. Not that he was playing it horribly, but, you know, just play play it the best he can. And then Absolutely. come into the merge potentially. uh just looking really strong with his boys then
2: another thing that i also have to think that i think is funny uh you know season 39 when rob and sandra out there rob built this amazing shelter Mm -hmm. and then like you know when wendell came back to this camp and that where rob was at the shelter was horrible so i'm like confused (laughs) like what rob what is you doing like what happened yeah
3: i think rob got real tired from uh, (laughs) being out on 39 (laughs) um but yeah so moving on to the next um and so let me ask you this. If, if Saleh goes to Tribal, who do you think goes home?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I would assume it's going to either be Poverty or Michelle. I'm hoping that maybe Wendell will maybe work with Pov and that um work with Michelle and then maybe they'll get Poverty out is what I'm thinking is the most yeah. logical thing to do. However, um I don't know. Like, hopefully they don't lose. And so that we don't even have to consider yeah, yeah. that. I wouldn't
3: want to really lose any of these five, to be honest with you. Right.
2: So. But you just never know how the challenge will go. And so it just kind of just it's it's wracking. Wrecking.
3: Yeah. Especially with the double elimination next week. Right. It's, it's going to be two tribes going. So, But then we're moving on to Yara, uh, who lost the challenge. But they have Boston Rob, Ben, Adam, Sarah, and Sophie. What were your thoughts on this tribe right right at the start?
2: I was nervous because I'm thinking like, oh, shoot. Another one of my Kagian people, Sarah. And obviously... I- on this island I felt like obviously Rob is the biggest threat however Sarah is another huge threat Um, I I love me some Sarah I love um, you know from Kageon from her winning her season Sarah is definitely one that does not give up and is definitely a fighter and so I was nervous that they were going to put a target on her back which they obviously did Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just like in my opinion I'm like I don't understand like it should be Denise but I guess they're not worrying about those like players like Denise because they are going to let them slide but again i feel like in a season like this is everybody has a reason to go and wait, wait denise,
3: I, just to clarify denise isn't honest are you talking about sophie
2: oh sophie oh sophie my, bad. Sophie. My, my bad my it's bad tyson. my bad my I bad pull the tyson the <laughs> tyson <laughs> So, okay, then I take it back because I, I forgot. So, right. And so, and here's the thing. After Sophie found that idol, I'm like, Sophie going to win. Sophie is the winner of Winners at War. She, in my opinion, yeah, is that. playing one of the best games out here. And I just love it because she's an older school seasoned mm-hmm. winner. Um, However, she is definitely diving in to, to this Era of season, however, still being very low key and very logical. She's like the female
3: Yule, exactly, exactly. And I think that that's her slide a little more under the radar, because you know it's I don't I, and it's almost like her social and physical skills aren't like massively evident, but her social game has been really good. I think, um, but just because she's like a little on like the quirkier side, people might not expect that to be the case. Um, and then obviously her strategic game is really, really solid right now. She's almost doing. She's like kind of a combination of Yule right now, being very. Uh, n- numerical and, and uh, strategic and then also combining a little bit Jeremy's strategy with the with the shields and like having those like nerd shields in front of her and stuff.
2: Definitely. So we see them lose and then yep. we see them go back to camp and it was just like, you know, this a funny reminiscent system on steroids. Right, but right. And it's just like it reminded me of Garrett from my season yeah. after they lost and like he was like, no, no, well, nobody's going to talk. But what's interesting to me is that like no one wanted to stand up to Boston Rob because if that was me, I'd be like, hey, yo, Ben, come holler at your girl. Like but they just all respected it. And I guess they just figured if I were Sarah or Sophie, I would be shaking in my underwear because I'm like, Oh my God, like I can't go off of a wink. I would have had to pull somebody to the side and really been scrambling. But it just goes to show you that sometimes in survivor being patient and like trusting your gut instincts really can go far. But I definitely think they made the right move by getting Robert out.
3: So, this has me kind of confused on a few different levels, Bryce, because to me, it's like we didn't really see the moment where Sophie and Sarah were convinced. And maybe that's intentional so that it's like right. kind of a blindside to the viewers. But for me, I was at home saying, like, Sarah, you got to use this vote steal right now. Right. How do you not use the vote steal? Because I know she's used it right before, but I think she may be one of the only people in Survivor history to properly use the vote steal, because for one, it's so situational, and two, it's just generally hard to know exactly where all the votes are going to lie, that you're going to use right. it properly. And like this is a clear instance, to me, where you use it, you guarantee yourself and your allies' uh, Sophie safety, and then you don't really have to worry about it. So, I mean, ultimately, good move by her, because I guess there was some interaction where they were... They confirmed that they were going to vote out Boston Rob but I was a little bit shocked and then I've also heard theories that like while Boston Rob was doing the confessional about the buddy system that's when the four of them came to the agreement that Boston Rob should go
2: right and I, that probably was it and I'm sure I can understand why production would not want to show that because then it yeah. would just make it such Unfair. an easier way to get out so I def- definitely was happy I've been screaming this whole season of much as I respect and love me mm-hmm. some Boston Rob but he's got to go and I don't understand why we are you know so hell bent on who he what his you know name brings to it but no let's get him out and so now it's like yes but now it's just worrying some to me because with Boston Rob being out I feel like other huge names are going to follow suit like you know what I mean I just it worries me that
3: yeah I could see some moves being made right before the merge no doubt what do you think Yara does if they go to another tribal because now there's only four of them
2: so I mean I would be nervous and obviously I feel like if they do go um I the smart thing to do would be with Sarah and Sophie Mm -hmm. that one of them just say like hey concede and say to the boys like da 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 and then uh, a unanimous vote out And then Sarah uses Steal a card Or Sophie uses her idol And then they get Adam out In my opinion I feel like Adam is the next person That needs to go out Because I'm team Sarah And I don't want Sarah to go I
3: kind of so. disagree I, I mean I think Sarah and Sophie Are in a really great position here I would be pretty shocked If one of them goes next week But I, I feel like They're going to target Ben In all honesty
2: See I don't know I feel like Ben is more Of the easier flip-flopper And Ben and Adam Have had his issues And you know Ben How Ben feels about Adam Flip-flopping So I feel like He would be a more easier Person to get to go But I I but think-
3: i will say i mean to me from what we saw in the episode it seems like sophie and adam are kind of forming a bit of a bond and so if i'm sophie and sarah i kind of think about like who am i going to be able to work with in the long run and to me it just seems like they're going to be more comfortable in the fact that they could build a solid relationship with adam than with like Ben, like, if I'm Sophie, there's no way I'm like, yeah, Ben's gonna could has the potential to be like one of my top allies on the. See, screen. I
2: don't know. I actually think about it differently with Ben. I know that he's kooky and crazy, but in my opinion, I trust that more than I trust the Adam Klein. And that, and maybe that, and again, maybe that's why I was voted out third. I don't know, but I, I, no, no, there's definitely
3: more, arguments for both. No I doubt. definitely
2: would be more inclined with a uh, a Ben because we we I guess us as viewers have seen how Adam is playing and he's playing sneaky deaky, and I don't got time. Not when. Is quarantine and chill like, granted,
3: nope. I mean so granted I don't think Sophie and Sarah have really seen that but maybe Ben and Adam start you know throwing each other under the bus and and Ben was maybe able to argue that so
2: right so that's I don't know that's obviously you're saying you will go with Adam obviously I'm saying that mm-hmm. I will go with a Ben but I think it goes to show you that Sarah and Sophie just getting on this tribe together how united they are because yeah. obviously we feel like it will be the boys coming to them and not the boys trying to pitch one of them against each other. And even if they do, they have an idol and a steal of old. uh, So I feel like they're just in a great situation. And I just feel like this season is definitely, you know, cheering up, you know. I think think with Boston Rob going home, I think the oven went... I think the oven got preheated. I don't know. I think the <laughs> yeah. oven is at 350. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's beeping now. It's beeping. Yeah. <laughs> I got to put my pizza in. Um, And so, I, you know, I like that wrap up of the tribes. And then just one thing I kind of want to cover a little bit before we wrap this all up. Uh, so we see th- this challenge uh, in this episode. It's another kind of like obstacle course type thing with a puzzle at the end. You know, that puzzle with the four different colored blocks. We right. actually did that in South Africa. Um, But just the general challenge structure of the season seems to be a lot of, you know, agility, obstacle course with a puzzle at the end. What are your thoughts on that, you know, that general challenge structure?
2: I mean, I like it because I feel like definitely when you're still on tribes, it gives, I feel like it just levels the playing field. Some tribes might have more physically fit people, um, Mm -hmm. that can get through the agility without an issue. Um, and then other people may, you know, have some physically challenged people (laughs) that can't get through the, the obstacle course as easy. So I just feel like it levels the playing field. But I am curious to see what type of challenges once we make the merge, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see. And a lot of the time that strategic, not statistically, the challenges after we make the merge generally weigh heavy on like female winning.
3: Yeah, like, like endurance stuff.
2: Right, endurance stuff that a lot of the times that the females tend to win like individually for themselves. So I'm mm. curious to see like what the, 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 the gist will be. And I'm just so curious to see like when everyone comes together like what the dynamic will be oh, and definitely. where the votes will go. I'm just curious to know I am worried that from what I see. And we're going to have
3: someone coming back from the edge as well which is going right. to play a big part I, and I got to be honest with the challenges, I'm a little, I, you know, they get a little bit boring to me just because I, I understand the structure. But the, it's just kind of like the same old, same old thing. Well, Whereas, I
2: mean, I feel like, you know, it's season 40. So they want to like, you know, they love to revisit old challenges. They mm-hmm. have people like, you know, so I don't know. I think that can play into it. But I definitely get what you're saying. Like, I, I need the where is the one where they're like in the water? And they be fighting. And like, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? like That, where, that was the
3: first that, challenge of the season. That was my favorite challenge. But no, no, no no, no,
2: no, no. I'm talking about when they are like on a platform.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm, oh, yeah, totally agree. I like the physical challenge. I'm, yes. I'm not totally caught up on an Australian survivor. But oh, yes.
2: I feel oh, like oh, and oh. Are- in Australia, they did my join where you hold, it's like you hold something in your hand. And you know what I'm talking about? Like, where if it's like, say it's a plate and then say they have like a uh, cup stacked on a plate and oh, then yeah. you, that is my favorite one. I mean, I just s-
3: think their challenges are are a different level I, than American well, challenges. Well, for so. sure.
2: And I've been keeping up with Australia uh, and I don't no know, spoilers, like, not no to, not to take away from uh, survivor America, but yeah. survivor Australia, all stars, baby. I, I don't know what it is about the editing. I don't know what
3: it is no, about they the do challenges. I'm going to quarantine and chill and watch that ah! after I'm one of my but uh,
2: uh, listen I will send you the link baby boy it is I mean I definitely feel Australia a lot oh yeah a whole lot but definitely so yeah I'm with you with the challenges but well it's still I still think Mm -hmm. overall season top notch I'm still so excited and I'm excited every week I get to talk with you no matter if we fight behind scenes (laughs) you out but it's all love well I guess this is going to wrap you got any last words
3: um I mean just uh just something totally de- uh, kind of on the opposite vein you, you know we saw that the next season's filming is getting delayed because of this oh, uh pandemic definitely. Now, do you have any thoughts on that man cuz i know that I, if i was if i was getting cast that would definitely suck to have that all delayed
2: definitely i always say play it safe and to all of the mm-hmm. people that you know that that's the name of the game when i was casted for survivor i was given four different dates so the yep. date changes. That's just the name of the game. You got to go with it. Um but I am kudos to production uh, for playing it safe and wanting to keep everyone for safe sure. during this epidemic. Um so I you know, exciting, exciting, exciting. But yeah, I did see I did hear that tea that you know, production was halted um on season 41. Um so yeah, and so there I yeah, I, I I don't know cuz I got tea, but I don't want to give too much tea cuz I don't know if it's gotcha, public gotcha, or not. Yep. So but yeah. But yeah, so that it is exciting. Well, this will wrap up this week's Survivor news with our resident reporter Jack Atkins from the University of Chicago. Make sure you stay safe, and we will be back next week to report what the tea
1: is.
3: Two boots next week. Let's let's see what happens. Oh, but thank you, Bryce. Me. Thanks again for having me. So excited for this season to start ramping up. The mic or er, the ovens all the way on, uh, and let, let's get it. Let's go.
2: All right. Now, we are on to love, not love, but life after lockup. Now, baby, we only got one more episode left before the season finale, and this episode did not disappoint. So this episode picks up with our girl, Angela and Tony. So, you know, Angela and Tony have been going through a rough time. You know, she is in the process of getting married to Tony after, you know, she forgave Tony for cheating on her with these prostitutes in a motel. Now, they was in a motel, but they were not quarantining and chilling. They was being nasty and nasty. So, Angela has forgiven Tony. She's put him through a series of tests. And, you know, they are moving forward with their marriage or, you know, moving forward with getting married. So they meet with the wedding planner this episode because, you know, they want a wedding on the beach. Now, I don't know if it's more of a harbor, not really a beach, but, you know it is what it is Angela reveals to us that she is paying for everything for the wedding because you know Tony don't have it well what is he doing at the hotel if you don't have it Angela I feel like Tony should be able to be paying you something Um, and so as they are like setting up the stage and you know they're meeting with their wedding planner the wedding planner is like your bridal party will be here you know Tony's groomsmen will be here and Angela's like Tony don't have no groomsmen and Tony's like but but I I got a best man Uh, my best man's going to be Andre Angela's like who's Andre i never heard of Andre okay this furthermore you getting married to somebody you don't even know who his best man is okay but listen I'm just still trying to get the text back all right it's quarantine and chill I ain't even get nobody to text me back but anyway Tony reveals that you know he was in jail with this guy named Andre was super close with him and being as though that Tony is far away from his family he wants someone to be there Angela instantly is upset about that so they go through this fight And then Angela comes to the conclusion. She's like, fine, he can be your best man. And Tony's like, well, he's throwing me a bachelor party. And you know, Angie, Angie flips out, but she's like, okay, fine you can have your bachelor party so fast forward to the bachelor party it is Tony and Andre however you know Angie's best friend Tom who was in love with Angie who I really think Angie should be with but she ain't really into Tom she invites Tom now first of all how does she invite Tom to his bachelor party but she sends Tom to there to the bachelorette party not the bachelorette party okay the bachelor party she sends Tom it's all awkward it's just the three of them in this little janky little strip club what actually it's not that janky it looks kind of nice so they're in there Tom's just like you know everybody gets a confessional he's like you know I really think Andrew put me here you know to see what's going on with Tony at this party and and I'm gonna do my part so Tony tells Andre about Tom and Tom is you know a little intimidated by Andre Andre's like you know so you're not here for him What, what you in love with Angela and Tom's like well you know and Tony is like yeah he proposed to her And so Andre is like, so what you trying to stop the wedding? And Tony, Tony, Tom is like, well, if I could, I would. And then baby, Andre, he kind of sort of threatened Tony. He's like, well, listen, you ain't, listen, you get crushed if you try to stop this wedding. You'll get crushed before or after the wedding. OK, so then all of a sudden, Andre arranges for Tony to get a private lap dance. So Tony goes into this like weird little booth to get a lap dance. And here comes time with his phone. Take a photos. OK, snitches get stitches. You better be careful time around Andre. So he takes a, a video of Tony getting a lap dance and he sends it to Angie. And y'all know Angie in less than 2.3 seconds. skirt! Scurr- Angie pull up to that strip club okay she marches in there and she's like what are you doing what are you get, get their stuff and let's go I can't believe you're here with these little dirty strippers well girl what you I mean like so I feel like Angela it's a bachelor party he's a so baby Tony get his stuff and he marches on out the strip club and they're set to get married tomorrow so we'll see Angie seems pretty upset so, we on to my girl, Lacey, Shane, and John. Now, mind you, you know Lacey is a friend of the show. Hi, Lacey. Uh, but Lacey pissing me off, okay? Lacey, I love you, but you wrong. So, we know Lacey is with Shane. You know, Shane told her that right before they got married, he cheated on her. He was drunk, uh, but he loves her, and he wanted to forgive her. Since then, Lacey has not been on on him at all, and she's really been going to her ex. John who Shane hates she's seen John at work then this episode picks up where they're like practically on a date going out to eat somewhere and Shane is at work and so Lacey and John are really talking and John wants Shane out of the house. And Lacey is sort of like obliging to it. She's like, you know, you're you're right. You know, I just I don't trust them. And though she goes to text her dad and John takes the phone, like, who you texting? And Lacey's like, I'm texting my dad. Stop. And then John just really gets upset because he's like, I feel like you're playing me. Like you're playing a both of us. Like, you know, he gotta get out that house. I'm I I'm not doing this with you. So then the next scene we see is that Lacey gets dropped off. Now mind you, when we first seen him, it was light out. Now John is dropping her off at the house and it's dark and basically uh, Lacey um, says that she has not been intimate with John yet because she wants to break up with Shane before she wants to be intimate with John. So she goes into the house and mind you John is outside the house. We pull up to the house. She goes in the house. Shane is laying down on the couch, not the couch, the bed, playing, you know, some sort of game system. And, you know, Lacey's like, you just got home from work? And Shane's like, yeah, I just got home from work. It's a busy day. And so, Lacey goes from zero to 100. All of a sudden, Lacey's like, well, you need to get your stuff, and you need to get out. And Shane is like, well, where is this coming from? Because yesterday, I put the the trampoline together for the kids, and yo, dad, we good. I woke up this morning. I went to work. And now, all of a sudden, you is just going crazy.
1: And she's like, you're just alive liar you're a fraud you're a liar get out get out
2: and shane is like i mean you really want to do this you really want to do this get out And Shane's like, that's real messed up. She's like, you're a liar. You're a liar. And then all of a sudden, we see Lacey on her phone texting. And then she kind of, like, runs out the house. And Shane's like, where are you going? Where are you going? Why
0: are you running? Why are
2: you running? We need to talk. So, obviously, we know Lacey going out to John. So, as Shane is going outside, basically chasing Lacey, like, what's going on? Here comes John, like, Big Daddy's home. Oh, wait a minute. who, Who Big Daddy? And then, of course, you know episode over so we gotta wait till next week to see what happens but whoo lacy you wrong for that okay you need to work it out with shane lacy okay playing with my shaney boo like that so then we got clint and tracy now whoo now they, they are a whole hot mess and a half so we know clint tracy they got arrested you know they filmed meth on Tracy so she got locked up Clint only had weed he got let go he went back home he paid $5,000 bond for her to get out they were out for a couple of days they were together one day he woke up and Tracy took off she took the car and the dog and was gone Clint was distraught you know he went to his mom's house his mom basically gave him an ultimatum like we're done with you and Tracy if you are going to be with Tracy we are not supporting you anymore so Clint was like I'm done with her he stayed at his mom's house and then he got a phone call Tracy says she was back home Clint asked his mom for a ride his mom said you going not have to get yourself an Uber because uh, listen his mom was quarantining and chilling in the house and she wasn't doing none of that so Clint goes over there to the house he can't get in Tracy does not let him in at first then she lets him in and Tracy got clothes in her hand. I don't know what she girl was doing. So Clint is like, what are you doing? And Tracy's like, you know, all you look at me is a, as a drug user, you know, you don't look at me like your wife. And Clint's like, what are you, I, you need to get help. You need to get help. And you know, Tracy essentially is like, I don't want to get help. And so Clint's like, that's it. It's over. And then all of a sudden, now mind you, I told y'all, you know, Tracy has her own issues, And I don't know what Clint's issues are Because in my opinion You know listen I can look at somebody and read somebody Clint got his own I don't know what Clint's drug of choice is But he is definitely like I don't know So when Tracy basically says Go find a new wife I'm done with you Clint starts pounding his face like like, what? I was like oh my god somebody do something just started pounding his face and he grabs his phone he's like that's it that's it that's it and then Tracy's like yeah go call your mom go call your mom now mind you I'm thinking he about to call the police to have her getting out I don't know who he's calling next thing you know Uh, Clint is his mom he's like I'm done I'm done I can't do it I can't do it and she's like don't argue with her don't argue with her just leave just leave and he's like okay I'm gonna come there I'm coming there and so Clint's like I'm gonna take the dog Tracy you took the dog without me knowing So then Tracy's like, go ahead, take the dog. So I guess Tracy is now packing some things up. And as she's packing her things up, she's like, where's the photo of the ultrasound? And Clint's like, I don't know. I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it in your stuff. I didn't throw it in the trash. I didn't throw it in the trash. And then she's like, you probably did. You probably threw my stuff in the trash. And he's like, I didn't throw it in the trash. I didn't throw it in the trash. Like you actually threw it in the trash. Now Now I'm like, what? Then all of a sudden we get a confessional of Tracy and Tracy's like, you know, that they were pregnant at one point in time and she got a miscarriage and she felt like that was probably one of the worst mistakes of her life. You know, at the time she didn't feel like they could financially support it and that the fact that Clint would say that she actually threw it in the trash really upset her. And so the next thing, you know, we see Tracy and Clint and, you know, Tracy's crying and Clint's like, I just really want the best for you. I just really. And then all of a sudden they laying on a bed and Clint's like, I just really want the best for you. Chill Clint. Clint need rehab. Clint needs rehab from Tracy. So that's where we left off. Now, mind you, we know his mom is expecting him to come home. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But listen, now let me get into the, the juicy juice of the episode. Megan, Michael, and Sarah. So y'all know, Sarah is the baby mom who's actually his wife uh, who lives in Albany or Rochester, New York. Michael came in to see the kids. You know, he brought his new girlfriend, Maria, Maria, Maria. That's my name, Bryce. Don't be saying it all loud like that, okay? get to Get to what happened today. Get to what happened, Bryce okay sorry Maria so we know that you know last what happened was Mike went over to Sarah's house to see the girls he spent the night him and Sarah had intercourse he told the kids he was going to come back next tomorrow for ice cream date tomorrow came and went the kids was looking for him he didn't come so Sarah said I'm going to pull up to the hotel Sarah pulls up to the hotel and coincidentally as she is just pulling up to the hotel, Michael and Maria are going out for a cigarette. So Sarah approaches them and says, Michael, can I talk to you about the kids? And Maria goes crazy. You can't text him. You can't tax him. Don't be so mind you, they're like sort of about to get to an altercation. Michael is yelling at Maria, like, sit down, get back, stop. Chew, 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 chew. So then, in the midst of all of that, the the hotel manager, now I don't know if I'm making this up because y'all know when I be watching, I literally be sitting on the edge of my bed like, ooh, woo ooh. So I was screaming, so I can't really tell what happened. But I think the manager was like, y'all need to calm the F down because y'all disturbing my guests. So when the manager said that to Mike, Mike went crazy like, hey, don't you talk to them like that. Well, first of all, y'all is being loud. And if I was the manager, I would have just called the police. Hello, hot 911. This is Motel 6 where we leave the light on. I have some life after lockup people in my lobby. I need for y'all to come. That would have been me. So, Mike and the manager start getting into it. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm calling the cops. Now, here goes Sarah.
1: Sarah like, Mike, they calling the cops. Get in my car. Let's go. Get in my
2: Girl, what, Sarah, what in the world? What you mean get in my car and go? Girl, he don't want to go with you. So, It's this big whole commotion. Sarah is like, get in my car. And Maria is like, hey, don't want to go with you. So all of a sudden, WeTV gets a van. A van pulls up and Michael and Maria get in the van. And then the van drives off and Sarah is just standing there. Now, at this point, I do kind of feel bad for Sarah. But I feel like, Sarah, you are just in love with Michael. Like, you keep trying to make this about the kids. Yes, it is about the kids. But it's more about your relationship with Michael. Just own up to that, okay? So she's standing there like he chose her over the kids. Now I've got to go back and tell the kids that he not coming and they've been looking at the cars every day. Girl, the, the kids 109876 the, cuz I don't want to be mean to Sarah, but I feel like you already know what it is, Sarah. Like you know what it is like you know what it is so then camera pan back to michael and michael and maria in the car maria's like baby can i just talk to you just calm down calm down just breathe 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 and then we see uh we see michael and he's kind of sort of got like tears in his eyes and he's just like you know all of this because she wanted to come up here you know and i really just feel like she wanted to see what you look like and that's it then we just see them driving off and next week is the season finale and it's a lot of like hinters in the season finale that i don't even want to get into we just gonna have to wait and to see next week because ooh, i'm trying to tell y'all life after lockup is popping y'all better watch friday on WeTV tv so we can get caught up that's your quarantine and chill homework purple pants posse So moving right along, we on to 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 days. So y'all, but Purple Pants Posse, I have to, you know, when I'm wrong, I admit y'all was right. 90 Day Fiancé is good. Now this is, this actually isn't the show 90 Day Fiancé. This is like another show, just like love after lockup, life after lockup. So, you know, TLC is on it. So this is basically, you know, um, 90 Day Fiance is a show that follows couples who have an existing relationship online but have haven't met in person. And we follow the journey to them experiencing uh, meeting their people and, you know, falling in love. And then, you know, they've got 90 days before they get married. So this show is about these couples But before the 90 days. And so they are a couple of couples on this show that I just wanted to touch on. So, one of the people, his name is Ed, okay? He's in a relationship with a 28 year old girl named Rosemary, and she is from. Uh, She is from the Philippines. Now, mind you, this is kind of like special to me because when I was on Survivor, uh, we filmed in the Philippines. so I spent a lot of time in the Philippines. So it's just so interesting. But anyway, Mike is a 54 year old man and he met his, you know, 23 year old girlfriend, Rose Marie on Facebook. They've been talking for three months and, you know, Ed is ready to fly to the Philippines to essentially <laughs> proposed to her now a little bit about ed um he is 411 okay a little short that's fine. You know, love comes in all different sizes, but Ed ain't got no neck when y'all. listen, it, I'm not making this up when y'all watch the show or if you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. Ed ain't got no neck. OK, and he just got a chin and then it go right into his shoulder blades. So he tells us as he's like flying to Manila uh, to meet Rose that like, you know, he's a little nervous because, you know, Rose is like five two. So he told Rose he she's the same size as him. And a little bit about Rose She is 23 She's got a 4 year old She lives in the back of the store With her son And they live with her sister And their kids She lives in a one room apartment Don't have no, no bathroom Don't have no kitchen Just a room And you know she pulls out blankets To sleep at night And so she is really looking for ads. to whisk her off her feet she has her son calling ed daddy ed because she is even said in her confessionals that basically she wants a better life for her son so rose is 23 Ed is 54. Ed gets to Manila. He's like a little nervous because he ain't never seen her. And, you know, before we get to see Ed and Rose m- meet, Rose, like, you know, talks to her sister. And her sister is like, you know, she's excited because they just look at Ed like he's rich. And they're like, you know, we I want my sister to have a better life. Mind you, we meet Rose's dad, who is also... 54 years old he looks like he drives a tut tut and so like in the philippines a tut tut is basically like a motorized bike that has like a compartment on it so you can like it's like a taxi but like a bike taxi and listen in manila the philippines that is so congested so sometimes cars can't even get by so the tut tuts can get you in and out and there are plenty of days when i was in survivor uh you know when i was on my survivor trip that i was in a tut tut okay so yes and another thing that I know about uh the the Philippine culture or like the Filipino women is that they are very aggressive just from my own experience I remember that I went out to like it was like me Gary Jatia and Cliff we had went out one night and like uh Garrett ordered like a round of like shots for the table and me and Alexis went to the bathroom and so when me and Alexis went to the bathroom when we opened the door like a waiter bumped into the door and like dropped a drink and now all of a sudden out of nowhere this like one of the filipino ladies came out and was like, you buy you buy you buy you buy me and alexis was like girl what and so they really were trying to get us like to give them money because the waiter bumped into the door but we like made our way back to the table and was like listen we got all of this food and drinks here like we ain't not spending no money however if i were by myself i would have been scared like oh let me give them all this money but that's all i can say they're very aggressive that's just from my opinion so, um, Ed gets to the airport. He's a little nervous because Rose is a little late. Now, mind you, Rose looks like a 12-year-old girl. I'm just, just I'm just my, listen, that's what she looked like. So, Ed is like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. You know, they check into a hotel and Rose has never been, allegedly, she's never been to a hotel or never been to Manila, never been to the big city. However, when they're on a cab ride, to the hotel, you know, Ed is trying to get more information out of her. He's like, so, do you like the way I look? How do you think I, I, I look? You know, do you like the way I look? And, you know, she's like, yes, Ed, you look very nice. Um, and Ed's like, so tell me about your past. Like, you know, have you ever been to a party? And, you know, Rose is like, yeah, I, I've been to a hotel before, you know, for New Year's Eve. I partied with my friend. And Ed's like, well, who's your friend? And she's like, well, it's a couple of guys. And he's like, uh, where were you guys at? She's like, a hotel. And he's like, were you guys Yes there was alcohol Now mind you You put two and two together A couple of guys And just you at a hotel Rose
1: Chill
2: Sound like my type of New Year's Eve party (laughs) Quarantine and chill But anyway So Ed has suspicions Because he has not been able to get Like Rose's background Like he don't know nothing about her And like he don't know whether or not If this is like a scam Well here's something Ed if it smell like a scam, it look like a scam. And you in a hotel with a bunch of guys and you drinking and you the only female. <laughs> so anyway, just really awkward. Their interactions are awkward. Like while they're checking into the hotel, like the camera crew and TLC is very much like TV. Everybody gets a confessional. Um, they ask her like, how do you feel about Ed?" And she's just like, he talk a lot. I wish he didn't talk because my English is not that good. So here we are like this cultural language. And another thing, whenever I go travel, you know, I'm, you know, a well-versed traveling queen. Whenever I go to a different country, I always try to learn phrases. I always try to pick up on the lingo because I don't ever want to be that American that just thinks like, wherever I go, I need to speak American or English. And that's very much Ed. And which is surprising to me. Like you're in love with this Filipino woman, Ed, and you've, don't know anything about the culture. You haven't even tried to learn Kab Kun Khan, okay? Because I know that. That means thank you very much, Kab ku Khan. Kab Khan is like, thank you very much. And that's what the man says. And Kab ku Khan is like what the female says. I-, I know that. So here it is. Rose is like uncomfortable about her English. And Ed don't make it no more easier. He just continues to ask these questions that she can't really answer. So it's just awkward. So they go to the hotel and, and it's like, make sure there's two beds. I, you know, I don't want to put any pressure on Rose. I don't want to consummate the relationship yet, but you know, I, I, you know, so he wants two beds. They, they end up having a king size bed, but it's like one of those beds that like, you know, you can push the mattresses apart. So they like go to sleep and it's just awkward because like everything that he does, he announces He's like, okay, I'm going I'm to go brush my teeth and then we can go to sleep. Boy. So, but Ed does tell us that he does not want to have sex with Rose until she feels comfortable, and he wants an STD test from her. Okay, I'm all for that. Makes sense. So... They wake up the next day. They go into town because Ed, like, Rose didn't have pajamas. So Ed had to like buy her. Like Ed gave her one of his t-shirts. Um, and so he was like, you know, I just felt really bad. I, I, I felt bad. So he's like, I really want to go buy her some uh some clothes and so, so whatever. So they get to uh the market and it's the Philippines. It's like crowded and hot and so Ed is taken back by how much of crowded it is now mind you me I love it I'm a people piece I'm a people watcher I would be just looking at all the people and so Ed is like so uncomfortable mind you he's got a whole TV crew with him he's 4'11 with this like you know 5'2 Filipino girl and people are looking at him cause they already know what's up and like you know that is that's the culture like a lot of men come to the Philippines for th- women and they come for children too cause don't listen you think that sex trafficking thing is not real go to the philippines when we were in the philippines we seen so many uncomfortable things it ugh. anyway so they get to the shop and ed wants to buy her a a shirt and they're like it's 20 pounds and so ed pulls out his wallet and Bay rose just go in the wallet and say she's like give me your wallet and mm, the aggressive side, she ain't shy. Then she goes in his wallet, takes the money out, gives it to the person and tells the guy to keep the change. And Ed's like, it just, it just makes me really uncomfortable. Like it makes me uncomfortable. And so uh, the whole time that they're shopping would have been for like five minutes. They go to like three different stores and she's taking the money out of his wallet. So then after like the third store, Ed is like drenched because he's, you know, a little height and weight challenge and he's like I, I, I just don't feel comfortable I, I really want to go back to the hotel and Rose is like we just got here like this is what the Philippines is and so he's like I, I, I just want to go back so they go back and Ed's and confession he's just like I really want to know whether or not Rose really likes me for me or whether or not Rose is you know in it for the money and the scam and then he reveals to us that Rose's sister contacted him last week before he came asking for money because the store that Ro- that Rose's sister runs, she says it's not making money and it's about to close. And if he could be a financial help to her and if you don't get out now, I mean, if you don't get I, mean, I can't even. Listen, I'm trying to tell y'all. So there's another couple I want to talk about. And baby, y'all, y'all will not believe it. So it's a young lady named Lisa, and she got the nerve to be from Pennsylvania. She's from York, Pennsylvania, which is maybe about an hour to two hours away from Philadelphia. And she is in love with this Nigerian man named Yus- Yusmane. But he goes by Soulja Boy and he is an a entertainer and a, a, I, don't, I wouldn't say a rapper, but, you know, he writes songs. He's an entertainer. So Lisa has been dating Usman online. She's 53 years old and she's a hospice worker. Um, and, you know, and Soulja Boy is a 30 year old uh, Nigerian man uh, who's an entertainer and a musician. They met through social media and, you know, that's how they met. And so you know she is on her way to Nigeria to get married because she wants to bring Soja Boy back to the States with her because she wants some young chocolate tenderoni. Okay, Lisa trying to get her groove back. Okay, now Lisa is you know fit, she you know she in her fifties you know she's a little heavy set looks like she looks like looks like she could be friends with Angie. Okay, she smoked them cigarettes. Um, so. Let's talk about Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy lives in a village in Nigeria. He lives with two roommates. They live in a one bedroom house uh with no running water. Just one bedroom they all share the bedroom. He's got uh and they get a bucket of water and that's how they wash. And so but you know what I love about Soldier Boy is is that like I love his personality. He seems fun and he basically tells his friends that like you know although Lisa is not you know, the girls that he's normally attracted to, he's willing to make it work. Now, mind you, <laughs> he tells the producers, because the producers ask him, because mind you, TLC producers, they shady. The TLC producers ask him, like, are you attracted to Lisa? Like, how do you know you can make it work? And so uh Soldier Boy is like, you know, uh, she's not what I am used to, but I am fully committed. And mind you, oh, this is the whole thing. He calls her
1: baby love.
2: So, he's like, you know, she's not what I'm used to, but she has the lady parts. So, I- I'll be able to work with it. What? Ah, what?
1: What the? What? what oh, 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 oh. She got the lady parts.
2: Whew. Ten nine eight 8 so, I can't get nobody to text me back during this quarantine to chill. But Youseman is willing to make it work with Lisa because she just got the lady parts. I mean, I... To, uh, but Lisa is extremely jealous. So, you know, Usman is an entertainer. He's got social media. He's got Instagram. He posts videos, new songs. And so if any female writes on his page, like, Oh my God, I love this song. I love you. Soja boy, Lisa will slide in them DMS. Talk about, don't be messaging my man. Cause Lisa don't play about Soja boy. So Lisa, takes the 18 hour trip to nigeria she arrives in nigeria and yusuf and his two roommates pick them up and lisa is like what is going on here like why is his roommates here and so they're in the back seat of the car now mind you when they see lisa <laughs> oh let me drink hold on let me with the whistle y'all mm. Mm. when they see lisa you just have to watch what how they look they just like ooh. So Lisa and or baby love and soldier boy are in the backseat of the car and they are kissing. And the roommates are like, why do they have to kiss so much? Normal person kisses three times. They kiss 20. So <laughs> they get to the hotel where Lisa is staying at and they uh, they get us to the room. And, you know, the, the roommates is like, OK, soldier boy, you come up with us. And soldier boy's like, I'm going to stay with Lisa. And they like, are you sure? <laughs> They are like concerned for Soldier Boy. So Soldier Boy and Lisa, they go into the room. And mind you, they're like, you know, talking. And basically, they in the room for like three minutes. And Lisa is like, okay, to the cameras, y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go. So the next morning they wake up and, you know, they're like, so did you have a good time with Lisa and Soulja Boy's like, yes, if my expectations, if what I like is 100%, Lisa was definitely 70% and I can work with 70%. Another thing that I think is like a little like tasteless on Lisa's part is they say that they had sex and basically Lisa uh, reveals that they had sex without a condom.
1: Girl, what in the hell are you doing? Okay? Without a
2: condom. Chow. Okay, if you think the coronavirus is easy contractable, it's a lot of other STDs that you could get, girl. So they had sex. You know, they meet up with Yusuf's room. I don't even know why they have to continue to meet up with Yusuf's roommate. They meet up with Soulja Boy's roommate for breakfast. And Lisa is not happy with the the culture, the type of breakfast that they, they're having. And the roommates are like, well, if you're going to marry Soldier Boy, like you should get used to the customs of what we are eating. And so they start talking about this marriage because, you know, Lisa wants to marry Soulja Boy while they're here. And one of the roommates is like, well, I'm going to just be honest with you, Lisa. I don't know if Soldier Boy's mom is going to like you because you're white. And, you know, in our society, they don't really like their sons to be with white women. And Lisa's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that people still think like this. Yes, girl, people still think like that, okay? And so she says to Soldier Boy, well, we're getting married with or without your mother's blessing. And so the roommates get a confessional. And they're saying, like, in Nigeria, our culture are, like, people respect their parents a lot and if the parents say no to something then it's not going to happen and so you know Soldier boy she's like we're going to get married if your mom doesn't like it right and soja boy is like well we have to cross that bridge when we get there at least like what so she gets up from the table and starts walking away she start her her blood pressure start getting up. Okay, you know her blood pressure start getting up, and they're like, "Are you okay?" She's just like, oh, "You know, I thought I was gonna marry him, and now it's the possibility that I might not be married. And I, I just don't know. I just don't know." Ciao. I'm trying to tell y'all, "90 Day Fiance." I was sleeping on it. I apologize. Purple pants posse. Because the 90 the ninety days before the 90 days is even more popping. And so there are about four other couples that I would love to talk about. But I'm just trying to wet y'all whistle to this. So make sure y'all get into the 90 days before the 90 day fiance. Because it's delicious. Alright, next on the menu I have social distancing So I wanted to talk about it Because I wanted to be honest About like my personal take on it And um, you know How things have developed With this coronavirus And everything going on uh, Because last week I was aware of it And you know I, I still was going out I'm like I'm going out to the bar I'm doing what I've got to do but the more research that I have done and the more I see when I look at Italy and I see everything that's going on with Italy I definitely think that we um need to take it serious um and I just think I just wanted to put it on the I talked about it in the church announcements but I just wanted to go dive a little more deeper into you know social distancing and I think that it's important Um, over the weekend. I was like watching my stories and I'm seeing a lot of my friends going out to these parties. And I was even tempted to go out to a party, but with them, you know, quarantining people with like the amount of schools in the Philadelphia area and nationwide have been closing down all of the jobs that have been closing down. um, Obviously it is something so serious. And so I was like watching the story of this lady who is in Italy Who is quarantined and how they're saying that like, you know, their first couple of cases were around February 21st. And then with it, with the virus being so contagious, you know, from the droplets, from our spit, our saliva, we touch our face and that just how quickly and that, you know, most people that have, you know, pretty strong immune systems. Like, you know, we'll be able to get over it. But the people that are the elderly people over 65, people that are have, you know, compromised immune systems like they might not be able to recover from it. And people can be symptomatic. People cannot have symptoms of it and still test positive. And I definitely think until we are able to get it under control, I think that it would behoove us as a society to really try to like social distancing as possible. If they are shutting down the liquor stores, if they are, you know, I believe just in like New Jersey, um, New York and another state, they like banned gatherings of larger than 50 people because it's so easy to pass. And I'm just like trying to just pass on to my purple pants posse, how important it is for us. I think to take it serious. Um, If you have to go to work, you got to go to work, but, you know, the other outside things that we don't have to do, like going to the bars, going to the movies, different things, I definitely think we should take a step back and really just try to, like, quarantine ourselves. And I know it's going to be hard, but listen, y'all better get the Uno game out, okay? Y'all better get that book that you didn't get. You better Netflix and shit, like, you just, like, I, and what I'm saying is to slow it down. And I've really, I've been, I've isolated myself since Friday. I haven't gone out. I have, I've like, you know, only run errands and I've had to and I've really been trying to take heed to it because I really think that you know I have to lead by example and I have to practice what I preach Um, is this situation scary yes does it scare me no because I know that we will get through it however it scares me for the people the vulnerable population you know me my social worker kicks in I think about the children I think about the elderly people I think about the sick people like those are the people that it's really going to affect if we don't as a society take a step back until we are able to get it under control. And I know that Rob did a podcast with Dr. Mike. um, And uh, I forget the other people, but it was really, really informative. They were able to answer a lot of questions. So if you guys have not checked that out, check that out. But I just wanted to put the social distancing um out there because it's like, again, like a week ago, I was like, please twerking at the club. But, fast forward a week and we see the seriousness of it and I'm like you know what let me take a step back because if we don't follow like or take some type of precautions like this could be something even more like, and I don't even got time to think about that because my glasses always have full, but I do think it's important to take precautions. Wash your hands, get hand sanitizer. Don't hog the toilet paper, you know, make sure that you guys have the essentials in your house. Like I didn't go food shopping because I've got a freezer full of food that I never eat. Cause I'm always eating out. And I'm like, you know what child, I'm going to use this self quarantine, this social distance to Boost up my, my working out and my dieting and getting myself on track and really like self care, reflect. I got all of these masks, facial masks for Christmas. Baby, I'm doing a mask a day. I'm self caring. I'm, I'm preserving myself. I'm preserving my sexy. So I just want to just spread a little love and just like, you know, take it serious. Like, you know, if you see other people out there, your family and friends still going out there, just shoot them a text like, listen guys, I, you know, it, this, it, we need to take it serious and so i just wanted to put that on the purple pants menu because i'm going to just spread some awareness to my purple pants posse now let's keep the menu moving with our purple pants premonition and just like that we are back with another purple pants premonitions i'm so excited to have my friend my mentor gangsta gurry back on the purple pants
4: podcast what's
2: going on
4: Nothing, boo. How are you? Happy, happy day.
2: Yes, I am <laughs> excited. I am, you know, spiritually ready to be mm. fed this good old premonition through these Reiki cards, through you know <laughs> all all that you do.
4: I'm so excited. You know, we 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 need it. Listen, I was about to say, there's so much is going on in the world, child. There's so much happening. There, like, there's people dying, Kim. Like, for real, for real. And it's crazy because we are having to find, like, our center, find our peace in the midst of everything going on. And I feel like every day is just like, well, what do I have in my tool belt, in my toolbox to make sure that I'm feeling good to go, you know, feeling nice and grounded so that way I can take on another day because there's so much shit happening. Definitely, definitely with this coronavirus, with our administration with these travel
2: bans with these bills Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot to to take in
4: it very much is and it's just like right now I feel like everybody is being called to really just like slow down and process like what's the most important thing for you moving forward like everybody is being told sit down (laughs) take a moment process and I don't think that there's a like I feel like In certain aspects, people are just trying to run against the machine, essentially, and trying to do way too much when it's just like, you know, the universe is literally saying process everything that's going on around you right now. Figure out where does your peace come from? Where does your, uh, your peace of mind, how do you bring peace of mind into your everyday? And then what are the things that are taking you out of feeling that peace of mind regularly? And how can you kind of like take a step back and reassess right now? Yes. So, so I'm looking forward yeah. into this week. I was about to say this week is very much like about figuring out who in our lives, what in our lives are really at the standard that is for us right now. Like, I, wanted, I want you to think about this. Like, have you been in situations recently where like, uh, you know, people are talking about all the things that are going on and then you just feel like this dampening in your spirit? Have you been feeling that a lot lately?
2: Definitely. You know, you just don't know what to think. You don't know, is the world coming to an end? Like, you know, it's a lot
4: going on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a way to be realistic about all these things that are going on. And there's a way for us to also speak life into each other. And I think that that's something that needs to be kind of like at the cornerstone of all, all of our conversations, all of our beliefs, all of our friendships. I know that there are a lot of people that are starting to recognize People who are very glass half empty or glass half full. Which type of person are you and what type of energy do you want to uh, carry out throughout the rest of this month? So I'm going to be looking through the rest of the month of March. Um, we are currently, I would say, uh, almost out of Pisces season. So shout out to all my Pisces out there. Um, Pisces season has been right. Not this sound child. <laughs> but Pisces season has been all about getting deeper into what our intuition is telling us, what feels appropriate, what does not feel appropriate, Who are we at our core and what are the last things as far as our beliefs, as far as like the way that we carry ourselves that we're letting go of? This is a very heavy time of processing and letting go of everything that is not in alignment with our, you know, our next bag, our next opportunity, our next state of growth. Airy season is going to be coming up. Um, At the very end of March, I want to say around like March 19th, if I'm not mistaken. And Aries season is all about that fire, baby. So it's all about taking action, doing things, like being excited, making things happen. And especially with all the stuff that's happening right now, you know, on a global level, people are going to start taking action. People are going to start doing things, cutting out energy that is not relevant to their next story, their next lifetime. So I want you to think about who has been... uh, I wanna say like who has been having great intention but not having a lot of follow through when it comes to newness in your life, whether it's you, whether it's people around you, like, have you been thinking about, all right, I want to leave this job. I want to leave this relationship. I want to leave this situation because I know that there's better. But there may be things that are holding you back. What are those things that are holding you back is the main question that I want you to think about going into the next couple of weeks. So I know that we all have situations that we are always trying to, like, manifest more, trying to focus on the straight path and narrow um, the Night of, uh, I was going to say in this deck specifically, it's called, uh, Kane. Kane, So this deck is the Akamara Tarot. It's a Kickstarter that I got. It is relevant to all of the traditional, like, African religions, traditional, like, uh, deities traditional spiritualities and it talks about arrogance egoism jealousy and unused creativity in a lot of people's lives right now so i don't know if you've been noticing that you have this desire to like start some new stuff like you feel like you're at the i don't know for you personally uh bryce have you been feeling like this desire to like really get out there really start uh trying new things feeling like a little like okay like this lifestyle that i'm in right now i'm not liking it
2: mm, pre- you just are you speak it to my heart yes absolutely 100 percent
4: I think that what is everybody is being asked right now to do is figure out what is the next step. So Aries season is the beginning of like the it's the Zodiac New Year. I can't remember the specific name for it, but it's just like the Zodiac starts again. Aries is the first sign in the Zodiac. So everybody is coming to like a close to make decisions on what's next. Um, and sometimes that takes a little bit of spontaneity, the difference between spontaneity and um, impulsiveness. I feel like spontaneity is you knowing, okay, I have this going on, I have these tools, I have this money in the bank, and I have this amount of time so I know I can make something shake. Uh, Impulsiveness is like not thinking through those decisions and not thinking through those steps, so you need to make sure that you are processing your conversations. You know, you can uh, look before you leap, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes, you know, the people that are unreliable, people that are not Holding their, uh, holding their promises right now are being asked to be moved out of your life. It says this calls for significant changes that's heading your way, perhaps in the form of traveling or moving house, but it may come suddenly. It says unpredictability in a partner can be suggested by the arrival of this card um, in a spread as well. So this suggests spontaneity and a change of scenery. I know that there are so many people that are sitting around right now thinking, what am I doing? Where am I going? Like, And you're not the only person. But I want you to recognize that the only way that that can be uh, shifted, the only way that that can be recognized and actualized is by going outside of yourself, finding like minded people. Um, everybody is in a space right now as a collective where we do not know what is going on, Mm -hmm. but it is our job to speak up and connect with others and connect with like-minded souls. So that way we can be able to move forward as a collective. I feel like this is where everybody is being brought back to this place of love and understanding that, like, if I see the love in you, you see the love in me, we can move forward and we can make some stuff shake. But there are always going to be forces that are around us that keep us from that guise and that mentality of love. So I feel like you need to ask yourself throughout the next couple of weeks, is this, uh, is this the space that I see myself being in when it comes to somebody appreciating me, what I bring to the table and vice versa? Is this conversation balanced? Is this energy balanced? Does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy? And am I allowed to bring joy to other people? I know that's super heavy, but these are things that we, we should be thinking about. And sometimes we struggle to give ourselves time and space to do that. Mm.
2: time and space, okay?
4: (laughs) Listen, I was about to say, I know that it is, uh, we have so many things going on. I know you busy, I'm busy, child. Things are moving. But we also have to recognize that if we don't sit down to process these things, we do not know where we are going next. And that is our job as we are growing up, as we are, you know, Ascending in our careers, you know, building and growing our families. We have to know the direction that we are taking one another so that way we have a goal. What is your legacy? What are you leaving? And it's all about getting excited for what's to come and not being scared of it. Being faithful, not fearful. All right? Right. So. Um, next I want to talk about the moon phases that are going to be coming up. So we have the waxing moon is talking about the energy is gaining momentum. So I don't know, have you been sitting and you've been sitting on a project, haven't you? You've been sitting on something, haven't you?
2: You know, just a little, maybe
1: couple of, a couple of things, one, mm-hmm. two or three.
4: Mm-hmm. So this is very much like you knowing that things are going to be coming forward. You just have to give it some time to, uh, allow this process to happen. And this is represented in the waxing moon. Um, so, a little bit more information on Miss Waxing Moon. Um, she says, the is full of potential. Your dream can come true. More effort is yet required. Are you willing to give it? Review your goals and ensure you're still committed and keep moving forward. So I've been talking a lot about this recently in regards to we all have plans, we all have ideas. And sometimes in our house, like if you think about it, some of the things that may be in your house, some of the things that may be in your environment, like are they representations of where you're going next? Are they representations of where you thought you were going? And I need you to take some time to like clean up house think about what it is that you actually do want to do and make sure that you have stuff around you that represents that. A lot of times we get so caught up in where other people have directed us to go or where other people have told us that we thought we were supposed to go and we have uh, physical representations of that in our homes. Like, you know, sometimes you have like those uh, old pictures of the Mm -hmm. locations, you know, that you used to want to go to or maybe like old relationships. You know, you got your old fling, like a picture sitting up in the house and it's just like, no, like these things are not necessary for you to have because they're representative old energy that's not necessarily serving you. Um, go ahead. What about energy that's like you know, I,
2: I know a lot of people will look to other people and be like, oh, that's where I want to be and I'm not where I'm at. I feel like that energy is like not good at all as well. Mm. Too. Like you need to focus on yourself and not what others are doing. Like you can use others as inspiration, but not using others as like, why do they have it and I don't? Why are they there and I'm not? Like, you know, sometimes I get caught up in that and I need to mm-hmm. really just center and like quarantine myself <laughs> and be like, you know, you have to focus on what is in front of you and what that you can do to manifest something
4: amen i call that imposter syndrome because mm. it's like you are in a state of feeling like you deserve you should be uh further along right because you're seeing somebody else's journey somebody else's level of awareness what they're going through and you truly don't always know what it took to get to that place and your journey right. is sacred your journey is you know you're unique That's why you are here on this, you know, planet to continue figuring out what it is as far as your own personal journey is concerned. And I think a lot of people, uh, even myself included, have gotten caught up in seeing other people's growth and, you know, wanting that for myself. But then also having to like I have to slow down a lot of the times and say, like, They're going through this and they're dealing with this and you can use this person as inspiration, but you do not need to be jealous or envious of what it took Mm. for them to be where they are right now because, you know, freedom, you know, joy is our birthright. So as long as I continue to work and function in the guise of joy and in the guise of like, I know that when my time comes and as long as I continue on my path, all will be good. And I think that that's kind of like the unlearning that we are always constantly needing to bring into our lives, like reminding ourselves that, you know, what is for me is for me. And it will come mm-hmm. in, you know, proper timing. But that takes a lot of uh, affirmation and a lot of practice and a lot of uh, really just hyping yourself up. Um, I want you guys to look at the, I believe the full moon this month is going to be on the 23rd. Um, I think that we just had another full moon uh, on the 23rd last month. But this full moon, or excuse me, this new moon, I apologize, is going to be in Aries. And the waxing cycle happens between the new moon to the full moon. So I want you to guys to pay attention to the last week of April. Um, going into the, uh, excuse me, the last week of March, going into the first two weeks of April. And I want you to think about what energy are you putting out there to bring new things into your life? It talks about, um, this card being a very positive omen, saying that there's a lot of work to be put in. Um, and you're not quite there yet, but where do you want to go and do you believe you can get there? Let me say that one more time. Where do you want to go and do you believe that you can get there? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Either you can just keep meditating and focusing on your desired outcome, or you can make the courageous commitment to take more practical steps towards your goals. Whichever you decide, you are most certainly on the right track. So this is something I think that we've talked about before, um, but I want people to, like, process, like, what is your daily routine for yourself? Like, do you have a daily routine for yourself, Bryce?
2: I try. I have a couple of routines that I do. Yes. But Mm -hmm. they like,
4: you know, I would say maybe two or three throughout the week. Got you. I feel like these daily routines and the things that you use to kind of like hype your own personal energy up to really just like keep yourself grounded are going to come in handy right now. I know for myself, I'll wake up. I, uh, you know, have like my little meditation, my little prayer, I'll read a couple like devotionals, you know, I'll like pull a card for myself, journal about it, and that is what I have to kind of like cornerstone my day. It's like that's the energy that I fill up in my well in order to go throughout and, you know, deal with all the things that are happening in this world on a daily basis. And then I always know that I can come back to those uh, artifacts, I can come back to those pieces of information to help ground myself if I feel out of alignment throughout the day. These things are gonna be really important because you have to remind yourself where you're going and like sometimes you're the only person that can do that. So how can you, you know, hold yourself accountable over the next couple of weeks? Um, I know that you said you have uh, like three days a week that you're always just like trying to make sure that you're doing something. It's just like, you know, maybe try to try to turn it to four. It's right. just like putting the little bit of effort somewhere is really what matters. And then it becomes second nature as you go along. So getting into a little bit of advice, um, the groundhog spirit says it's time to let go. And then the dove spirit says it's time to be peace. <laughs> so Ooh. this just goes into everything that I've been stating about just like letting go of the old, bringing in the new and being peaceful. What does it mean to have peace? Um, what does it mean to have joy? Like and how do you bring joy into your life or allow others to assist you in facilitating that joy? Um, I think that stability, uh, what does it mean to have stability? What does it mean to have good friends in your life? I know that this is something we were discussing earlier are some of the key questions to ask yourself. And it's just like, what do you need to fill your cup on a daily basis? And do people take from that cup or do people fill that cup? Now, I will say there's always going to be snakes in the grass and there's always Mm. going to be, uh, as they like to say, um, emotional vampires. Mm. Uh, Are you allowing yourself to be sucked dry by other people's shit? is my question for you. Oh. So, um, the Oracle message says, endings lead to beginnings and death is a part of life. So Groundhog Spirit here to let you know it's time to accept the natural ending of something that's no longer serving you. We love to hold on to what's familiar, but the new needs space to arrive so growth can occur. Um, When this appears, it's a sign there's something in your present situation you need to let go of so that something new can be born, something that will far better serve you now. So when this uh, groundhog sees his shadow, he retreats to his den. So, too, might you yearn for a little more time to say goodbye and transition into the new. However, change is coming and it is good. So let go of your resistance. Can I say that one more time? Change is coming and it is good. (laughs) So let go of your resistance. I think that this is more of like you have to talk yourself up about the good that is coming your way and the newness that is coming your way and allow it to come instead of being fearful of the change. So many people are running around in fear right now. Let's just because y'all know I'm a name it. So many people are running around in fear right now instead of running around in faith and doing what is necessary in order to make sure you're doing your part. (laughs) Make sure that you are, you know, washing your hands, taking care of those around you, showing love, like, you know, not being uh, xenophobic. Mm -hmm. Things like that. It's like really making sure that you are doing your part to hold your line. And it's like, what is your baseline for how you show up? What is your baseline for how you spread love? It says spring brings many blessings (laughs) and what must die will always be reborn in a new form that will be right for you. Life requires change and detachment. Say farewell to whatever once served you. Get ready for something amazing to take its place. Spirit's already sending it your way. So if you feel like you got to let go of some people in mm-hmm. order to make room for new, mm. do so. I hear you. My connection broke up. You said what? Uh, uh-huh. I said, if you feel like you have to let go of some uh-huh. friends in order to make room for new things, new opportunities, because it doesn't have to come in the form of a new Friendship, it can come in the form of a new job opportunity. It can come mm. in the form of a new career. Think come about on. closing one door, you know, another door opens. But if you did not close that door, or put the energy into closing that door, you'll never know what's on the other side. So... Have you been reluctant in your efforts to revive something that's been paused, um, that's that's past its prime and needs to die away? A situation, relationship, belief or habit that served you once, but no longer fills you with vitality. Child, perhaps you automatically expect to see the world through a specific lens based on the familiar. This has appeared to let you know it's time to accept the past is a past. So allow yourself to feel the loss and grieve it if you need to. Any sadness will not last forever or overwhelm you. Know that the Spirit's with you and wants you to experience joy and excitement again. And this will help you through this transition from the old to the new. So keep your eyes open. For winter always gives way to spring and endings always give birth to beginnings. For now, let yourself feel your emotions, releasing them to make way for the joy that awaits you. Spring and new growth are on their way, for that is Spirit's promise to you. So what you waiting for this spring, Bryce? <laughs>
2: What am I waiting for? Mm-hmm. Or what you, what? Yeah,
4: what's coming your way? I was about to say, you got to let it go in order to experience the new. So what are we transitioning onto, baby boo?
2: We are transitioning onto new, avent- new ventures, mm-hmm. new projects that I've been like holding off on, moving forward for. And yeah, like, you know, closing the door to people that don't serve me, to people that take random hiatus for no reasons when you're always the person to check in you're always Mm -hmm. the person to look out and you know to you know to maybe be okay to say you know what maybe this should fizzle out maybe we should take a break maybe i need to focus on myself and you should focus on whatever that you choose to focus on in your household it's like you know and and i'm
4: okay with that (laughs) Amen to into that i feel the exact same way it's all about um because you know i'm in this space of like you know, small business ownership and just like knowing that there's certain aspects of it, you know, I have to kind of like let go of as far as like, you know, making time for myself. I tend to make a lot more time for others than I do myself. And it's just like, how do I prioritize? Like knowing that I should be first and that other people should understand that, you know, because of the human experience, we all got shit going on. So let me do me. You going to do you. We going to be good. And the dove Dove spirit talks about um, how if you embrace peace, how if you embrace compassion, it can warm your heart. Um, it's telling you every day is a good day to meditate, to quiet any turbulence within you as you embody tranquility. And I would like to say, just for everybody out there, meditation is not sitting and going on in your house every day. Like, that is a great way to do it. But that's not how everybody meditates. Meditate, it, meditation is the art of being present. It's the art of being aware, looking at things around you and being uh, conscious. Of What is happening Um, and sometimes that's just like you driving the car, you know, uh, having your good little song going on your little playlist happening and you just being able to see everything that's going on around you taking a walk in the neighborhood and just letting your music blast or letting the music of the universe go. It says above below and all around you much may be happening to distract you, but you're called to engage it with the heart of a peacemaker asking yourself what would peace do. Can you agree to disagree? So however disturbed the waters around you, dove spirit's there to remind you peace without um, begins within as you reconnect with spirit through practices that awaken you from spiritual amnesia. Your true nature is as a peaceful child, but how easily you forget you're being invited to sit in the cozy safe nest of spirit. Soon the waters will become still and you will feel peace again. Be compassionate with yourself at this time. For all of us can forget that peace is always at hand, always there, gifted to us by spirit, become the peace you wish to see in the world so you can reduce any suffering, performing acts of kindness and radiating love. This also reminds you when you see an inequity or someone harmed in need or in need, trust that you have the capacity to bring peace through smiling, sending love, speaking a kind word. And listening with a compassionate heart. Do your part to be a peacemaker, nourishing compassion, reminding others of the joy of harmonious coexistence so that they may embrace the dove spirit within themselves, too. So my reminder to people is, like, don't gossip. Don't be a part of gossip. There's no need for you to be a shady lady. Like, that's something that I am being very aware of this month about just, like... um, what are we talking about? (laughs) Like, what are we (laughs) talking about together? Like, and is this something that is diminishing somebody else? And it's like, why is that? Why do we have to give energy into that? How can we be peace? And how can we understand everybody got their own stuff going on? And I'm doing my part, you doing your part, we here together. And I feel like as we continue to like live in that, let go of old ways of being and just kind of like bring in the new creativity, bring in the new love, bring in new opportunities, everything is going to be fine, but it takes us reminding ourselves of that on a daily basis yes for sure okay no shady ladies all right right. Mm-hmm. but child that's all i got for us going into the next couple of weeks i think this is very much like everybody should be focused on themselves i hate to be the bearer of like bad news but it's some real it's some real shit like everybody really needs to be focused on themselves and how they can be of peace and of uh, of assistance to others around them. Like, how do you breathe love into all your actions? And I feel like those are the things that are going to bring you the most grounding right now. And that's what's going to make sure that we're all moving forward, feeling good. Yes. I love it. Focus on myself. Focus on what I need to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you
2: guys heard it first. Purple Pants Posse. It's aight to focus on yourself and to let the negative or let the uh, the out quarantine yourself. Okay, that's what I'm saying.
4: Listen, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that, because when you quarantine yourself and you give yourself that time, you teach others how to take care of themselves, too.
2: Listen, I'm here for it. Well, thank you again, Gangsta Gurry. But before we go, where can the people find you if they need a personal reading or they want, they want to just catch up on what you doing out over there?
4: Thank you for asking. If you are interested in following my content, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Gangsta Gurry. Uh, gangsta with an A because we don't do that ER Buster shit over here. Gurry with two R's. You can book a reading with me. Reiki healing. Candle magic. I do candle magic. Help you release those blockages, girl. GangstaGurry.me.
2: Yes, thank you And this will conclude this week's episode of Purple Pants Premonitions Thanks All right, keeping the show rolling, we on to my favorite part. It's the Purple Pants Picks. You pick, I say, it's the Purple Pants Picks. Kazoo, it's that way. All right, so starting the Purple Pants Picks off. For those of you who are new to the podcast and some of those who need a refresher, every Friday or Saturday, I will post to my Instagram story at the Purple Pants Podcast or Bryce Isaiah, B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. I'll post a photo of some purple pants and I'll say drop some topics and you guys can pick some Pop culture, TV shows, anything you want the tea on that you need your baby boys take on, and I got you covered. Um, so this week, let's get it popping. I've started off with A.H. Romano17 writes, Favorite skin products. Ooh, the baby boy is all about a nice skin regimen and r- routine. So I love all of the clear and clear and I can't even say it. Clear and clean and clear products. I love them all. However, sometimes they be a little expensive. So I am a target target shopper. So uh Target makes up and up products, and they like make. Exactly the same products, but I love a clean and clear exfoliating little apricot or the up and up one. And I love the morning burst. Oh, I love to use that as well. Um, also, um, what else do I use? Uh, my mom, since I was a young, young child, uh, Queen Helene, they have a mint julep mask. So I will... Now I use alcohol on my skin like I'll get a cotton rub and I'll do alcohol on my skin. Um I have very oily skin. So the alcohol is not abrasive to my skin, but you know each and every one is different, but I always use an astringent, get the dirt off my face and then I'll do a mask, you know, tighten up them pores. And also I've been obsessed with the yes to tomatoes mask that you can get from like Target. They be like a dollar. I buy like all of them. And so actually the one I'm going to use today is the which one is this? This one is the bubbly uh paper mask. So it's gonna bubble on my skin oh okay i can't wait to use that but yes so i love to use those a.h romano so who we else got next on this purple pants pick We've got D underscore drove writes, hey Bryce, we all know New York is the best real housewives. No shade, just facts. I would have to agree, New York is definitely one of my tops. So I would say the housewife franchises that I watch religiously are Housewives of Atlanta, even though I fell off Atlanta a little bit, um, Housewives of Potomac and Housewives of New York. I'm excited because New York is getting ready to come out. We know Bethany's not on the season, so I'm curious and excited they got a new housewife. I'm hoping that they can bring the heat and the smoke like what you looking for but i definitely love me some luann i definitely love my girl sonia definitely love my girl dorinda tinsley is like i love to hate her and then ramona is just she just on turtle time okay um what else do we have So I got a purple pants pics from T Combs 23. She wrote, what are some fun things to do during the quarantine? And I also, I got a couple similar ones. And another one was from my girl, um, L Weigler, uh, best ways to spend time while social distancing. So I talked about this a little before, uh, in the menu,
1: but listen,
2: I, I, so I, I'm, call me crazy, sometimes on a Friday night, listen, I'll give me a little Tito's, get a little tipsy, and I'll clean my house. So, there's always spring cleaning. There's always that project that we've been like, putting to the back, like, oh, that, well, you know, you could work on. There are, listen, do a little pedicure, do a little, you know, do some fun things. You can do facial masks. You can binge watch all of the shows that I've been telling you guys to watch. There's movie times. And how about, here's something, like, you know, you can actually spend time with your family. Do some family activities pull that uno game out pull that twister out pull monopoly out let me tell you i had to like take a break from monopoly because i used to play monopoly with sarah the one and only sarah and e Barrios, and e Barrios would get so into it that it would be annoying but there's so many fun things that you guys can do there's so many books that you can read listen just because you're quarantining your house you can still go outside like you know you can garden you can like you know you just want to be your distance from other people so there is just a lot of different things that you can do think outside the box so don't just be like oh my god i'm so bored like mm-mm. we ain't into all of that there's all a whole there's about 30 purple pants podcasts that you can get up on there's a whole bunch of like different things that we've always been just so busy that we have not been able to get into so i think there is the, the amount of things that you can do is endless. Then I had another one that was kind of sort of similar to this one. Um, Exo, Exo Jill and says also how to keep she writes, how to keep up with my anxiety during the Corona scare. So I definitely think this is a a tough time. We all are scared, but I don't think that you just have to take one day at a time. That's the only thing that we can do. We can only live in the moment that we are. And I think if if you take the the necessary precautions, you know, you're washing your hands, you're keeping your distance and you just got to live life because at the end of the day, there's always going to be something that we're going to be scared of. There's always going to be something that we need to take precautions of, but it's how we react in those moments so xo 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 Jill Zanny, girl you'll be fine just breathe take take it slow it on down do what you need to do and have time for yourself that's what's most important to have time for yourself to decompress have a great support system friends that you can lean on during this time and you got me boo so we good you ain't, We ain't we we gonna worry about nothing like that um, I got a great one from Silly j Ho. Um, how do you fight loneliness? How do I get out of this funk, girl? Listen, I we you, me and you are in the same boat. I live by myself. I'm single. Um, and so sometimes at night, night times can be a a hard thing. Sometimes before I go to sleep, I'm like, child, where are my man at? Well, I'm in this bed by myself. But it is a choice. And that is the thing that I am learning and that I know is that it's a choice. And like, you know, sometimes we can be lonely, but we don't have to be. Go through the motions of it. And of course, like, yeah, it's healthy for us to want a partner, want companionship. But sometimes that's just not what life is. And sometimes we have to lean into other things that life is giving us. Lean into our work. Lean into our friends. Lean into other things that provide us happiness. And when we stop thinking about things, then a lot of the time the universe will give us what we want. Another thing for me, though, um, a lot of times when I go to sleep at night. I'm like, oh, I'm lonely. I wish I had somebody to cuddle with. So what I've been trying to do is I normally do like morning workouts. I've been trying to do my work. Workouts for at night. So I'll do, like, you know, a 30, 45 minute workout at night. So by the time it's for me to get in the bed, baby boy ain't got time to be lonely. I'm jumping in that bed, well, jumping in the shower, then I'm jumping in that bed and I'm asleep. But I definitely think it's you got to utilize your natural supports that you have around you um, and have a friend and talk about it. But it is a difference in letting the loneliness. Captivate, captivate you I, I'm making that word up but y'all know what I'm trying to say but to captivate you or it is uh, okay to say you know what I, I wish I had someone and maybe what are we can we do about it like you know what, are you dating are you talking to other people there's definitely ways that you can go about that so I hope that helped boo Who, what we got next um oh philtastic I love philtastics Phil Tastic one wrote people hoarding toilet paper during a virus outbreak. It's not like a hurricane is coming, baby. Phil, I already talked about this, but yes, why is y'all buying this toilet paper? What are y'all doing? Um, Another thing that I would say is uh, In the state of Pennsylvania Like we have Pico um, And PGW as our water provider um, And they have said that During this outbreak time They will not be cutting off Anybody's water Anybody's electric So we don't have to worry about that And so worst case scenario Y'all if y'all run out of toilet paper You can get in the shower You can get a little wash rag And you can wash your booty You will be fine Trust me I was on Survivor You know it ain't no toilet paper out there So I understand Stand the mass hysteria but literally it, it's no need listen we one thing about us we are people that know how to improvise and when times get hard improv improvisation that's not a word either but improvising is one thing that we're good at we will be fine so stop hoarding the toilet paper and bay bye. The question that I got about a thousand times. Okay. Oh, then I got another one. I got one from Box Boy Mugga. Uh, That's actually my little cousin named Kevin. He says he writes handicap relationships. So, little backstory, my cousin Kevin is paralyzed. He actually was shot about four times maybe about six years ago and so he's actually in a wheelchair. Now, Kevin's one of the coolest people that I know and so obviously he's writing about handicap relationships. I think that handicap relationships are great. Um, and I I think people need to be more open to relationships just because you're in a wheelchair just because you might like not have a limb that doesn't stop you from being a whole person with feelings and love and being able to give yourself to other people and I think More people need to be open to that. Sometimes, like I I had talked about it before, sometimes we have this envision of our prince charming or our princesses to look a certain type of way when really we've got people in our lives that could be that. But we are too vain or we are too self-centered to actually see that I, I actually am totally here for that. I actually when I was in. College, I stayed telling y'all all my tea. Uh hold on wait, let me wet the whistle. Let me get listen, let me get my emergency on. Mm. When I was in school, I actually um it was my sophomore year at Temple, I had a class with this young fellow, and he was like legally blind. Um, he could see objects, but he could not see. Like he used uh he he read braille, he had a walking stick, and we I forget, we had a project together, something. I didn't even know he was gay we had a project together um and we had to we worked together and we like talked on the phone often and i never forget that i got an email from him and i was always so curious like how he write this email but, but that was just me being so um me being so ignorant to the modern day technologies. And they wrote me this really nice email just saying that they were so excited to get me as a partner because they were worried that someone else in the class and that they just love my spirit and my energy and that he, you know, was interested in like maybe going out on a date. I was like, what in the world? and so I like we went on a couple of dates however they weren't from this area and then after that semester they didn't come back to temple but we still keep in contact to this day and so I always would say that I'm open to it like you know I'm I'm open to love anybody that could text me back or call or show me attention I'm here for it so I'm here for handicap relationships I actually don't even like the term handicap relationships I like relationships period it doesn't matter what the the disability it doesn't matter we all come with our own different flaws um so that was a good one and then um, I got this question about a third third a hundred times Michelle and Wendell the tea on Wendell uh what's up with Wendell and Michelle? we need to know what's going on with Love Island so I don't know what y'all want me to tell you um I think that it's very evident I think that you know even on Twitter Wendell has said that he did date Michelle um I think that a lot of times people get confused being in a relationship. In dating, okay, it's it's a it's a whole different ball game. You can date someone, you could be in a relationship with someone. Obviously, you know, Wendell and Michelle, they might need to figure out what they, you know, their what word I want to say. They might want to get on the same page, but obviously, you know, they they kicked it. What you want?
1: They kicked it.
2: I I wasn't there. I, baby boy, minds my business. They kicked it. <laughs> Well, let's stay tuned to, to X on the Beach this Wednesday to see what's popping. But that's going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Picks. I have a really good advice with Bryce. So let's move on into that. Hi, Bryce. I finally fully realized and accepted that I am bisexual a few years ago. And after a few months of being more comfortable with it, I came out with friends. I told my parents they didn't get it asking questions like, so are you gay? Is it just a phase? And but are you going to end up with a girl? Right? They understand it better now, but it's something they rather not talk about. If I mention dating, they default to female pronouns and when I redirect them to he or or they, they change the subject and questions to serious uh, seriousness of the attraction and the quality of the person. They are good friends with a gay couple and support others with kids in same-sex marriages, but I guess it's different when it comes to actually their own son. Their relationship with me is still just as loving and supporting in other areas, but it feels dismissive regarding this part of my life. Is there anything I can do to get them to acknowledge that this is a part of who I Great question. Um I think that Unfortunately a lot of the times And I see this a lot I see a lot of people that are allies For the LGBTQ plus community They want to rally for us But when it comes to their own children They have a hard time accepting it um, And that's unfortunate However I'm glad that you were able to be Open and honest enough with yourself So congratulations for that Because it takes people a lot Of time and a lot of energy to do that so congratulations on that and congratulations to be able to be open um, To who you are to your friends and family So this is what I would say and this is like something that I always live by is that I am very comfortable with who I am Um, and I don't try to push it on anybody else I feel that sometimes When we push or we want acceptance from others, it's like that we aren't actually okay with it with ourselves. I find that when you are at peace with who you are, you don't need acceptance from anyone else. From your parents and from like you know a a lot of the times our parents are from a generation that it is difficult for them to accept that in their own children Um, and I think that it's not a reflection of their love on you it's just a reflection of the error that they were brought up in and it doesn't make it any easier on you or or your feelings but I I think that if you continue to live in your truth and continue to be who you are and continue to redirect them when you bring up dating um, to Like well I might date a male I might date a female I don't know I think that if The more that you do that The more they will learn That they need to be More respectful However I always go with the side of You gotta be okay with If they never accept it because ultimately it's about you and your life and who you choose to love. And I know a lot of the times people are like, can people really be bisexual? And like, they can. And I've always said that, again, sexuality, in my opinion, is something that is fluid. It's not just like black and white. It's not just gay straight. It's not any of that. It's fluid. And there's fluidity. And there's like, you know, there's attraction. And just like I was just talking on my Purple Pants pics, like love is love. Relationship is relationship. You can connect with somebody and it be okay and I think the more and more that you are okay with it um, and just kind of reading the email I question whether or not you are 100% okay with it and obviously that comes with time and comes with more support but I would just say continue to surround yourself with your friends that support you and really lean into that because your family may never accept you and that's okay but it does not mean that they don't love you any less it just means that that that's a flaw of theirs and it's hard for them to accept it. However, you we've got to continue to move the needle forward and we have to continue to live our life and you have to be happy with who or whatever that you decide that you end up with and you know, hopefully when you bring them around your family, they'll be respectful to it, but you ultimately have to make that decision that you are going to live your best life for yourself. And so, I don't know your family so it's hard for me to tell you things that, like, that you can do. The only thing that I can tell you is to continue to live in your truth. It seems that you've come a long way and that it's like to be commended and continue to move forward continue to have that conversation but i would just say don't expect for them to maybe change their opinion and i think that when you have that understanding that maybe they won't you'll continue to live who you are and the more that you are like undivided 100% who you are The more they may come around The more they may say like you know what this is my son I'm going to love him I'm going to accept him And that's the only thing I can say is continue to truly Live in your life Contri- co- Continue to truly Be who you are and to explore And it's okay and I am giving you 100% permission it's okay It's life We you got to live your best life Because guess what at the end of the day We only get one so I I hope that helps baby boy Uh, please email me and yes I I know who this is and so the next time I see you in person I would love to kind of chat with you more but thank you again for sending in that purple pants pics and anyone that has not purple pants pics advice with Bryce anyone that needs advice with Bryce please feel free doesn't matter how short how long how silly it sounds I am here to help and so you can email me at the podcast at gmail.com and baby boy or baby Big girl, I got gotcha. you. Now, with this week, with a lot of the craziness going on, a lot of the uncertainties with this quarantining, this coronavirus, everything that's going on, I reached out to Mother Bob. I said, "Barb, we might need a Barb's message this week. So, you know, it's not on our regular, regular, <laughs> it's not on our regularly scheduled agenda. But listen, we got it for you. Without further ado, here is Barb's message.
0: Hi. This is
4: Miss Barb, and I'm here once again to share with you a few words of encouragement. You never really know the true impact you have on those around you. You never know how much someone needed that smile you gave them. You never know how much your kindness turned someone's entire life around. You never know how much someone needed that long hug or deep talk. So don't wait to be kind. Don't wait for someone else to be kind first. Don't wait for better circumstances or for someone to change. Just be kind because you never know
0: how much someone needs it. Love you.
2: Yes. And whoever needed that Barb's message, that message was for you. Thanks again, mommy. Loved it. Now moving on to the freak of the week. So I was minding my business like I always do. And I was scrolling through the Instagram last week and I actually and I got an email. You know, our girl Eliza from Survivor from Amazing Race, you know, Eliza Orleans, she is running for Manhattan District Attorney. And I'm so proud of Eliza. And that's she the freak of the week for going ahead and following her dreams. Now, Eliza is a very polarizing person. You know, person, you either love or hate her. I am one of the ones that loves Eliza. And the one thing that I love Eliza is that she stands in her truth. What she believes in, that's what she goes hard for. And I just, I we need more people like that. And so I'm just so proud to be Eliza's friend. And I just, you know, I said, wait, I got, we can't, we can't lead this podcast without letting the people know our girl Eliza is running for district attorney of Manhattan, So I am just so excited and I just wish nothing but the best. So listen, if you guys can go to Eliza's Instagram at E Orleans, E-O-R-L-I-N-S and show baby girl some love as she is taking on the justice system. And, you know, Eliza don't play. Eliza, listen, they better watch out for Eliza in that courtroom because she don't play. But congratulations, Eliza. And that is going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Podcast. Thank you guys so much for riding it out with me this week. I look forward to next week. Please stay safe, guys. Wash your hands. Keep your distance, okay? Do your facial mask. Do what you need to do. Binge watch. FaceTime your friends, because that's what I've been doing this quarantine and chilling. But yes, stay safe. You know where to find me, because you already know.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a.